Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by the Nintendo fans and NegativeWorld.org. This is episode 56, and we are recording this on Saturday, November 9th, 2013. Today we have my co-host, Joe. What's up? Hey, Joe. And in addition, we have not one, but two guests here today. First, we got Super Conzo from the forums. How's it going, Connor? Never better, Stephen. Hello, everybody. And uh, second, we have Charles, or Deathly Hollows. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so you've probably seen them on the boards. They're they're pretty active posters, and uh, we were kind of excited to uh, to have them on. Um, if this episode was a Pokemon, it would probably be the Mankey episode. And the reason I say that is not just because Mankey's the 56th Pokemon in the national decks. But uh, today we have a special episode of the show that we've brought these two guests in to talk about Pokemon X and Pokemon Y. Uh, it's no secret that Joe is our reg- resident mega fan. In fact, he probably will mega evolve while we're talking here. I don't have the stone, so I can't. No? No. Someone <laughs> took it. Someone um, took the stone. Do you have the bracelet, though? Yes, I have. Okay, so you got the bracelet. You're missing the stone. Maybe we can try to find it before uh, the episode's over. Yep. Um, but uh, my history with Pokemon goes all the way back to 8th grade, when my buddy Phil was playing Pokemon Blue in history class. <laughs> And I can almost imagine, like, the classroom. It's still that fresh in my mind, uh, or not fresh, I guess. But I can just remember, like, turning my back and looking at it, and he was kind of showing me. He was, like, right at the beginning of the game, too. I remember that, because in the, in the beginning of the game, you have those... Uh, it's teach, teaching you to jump off cliffs, Joe. Remember that? Hmm. And, I didn't um, play Blue. I've not played Blue. You haven't so... played the originals? No. Wow. Okay, well, right but be- you know, between the first town you start in and the first real town, there's... Some uh, some ledges, and they do this in a lot of the games, but just to get you to learn how to hop down and everything. But I remember that. I remember instantly I was addicted. And uh, and again, we have uh, Connor and Charles here because they are just now starting the Pokemon experience with Pokemon X and Y. And, yep. Uh, so that's that's awesome, guys. Uh, thanks for thanks for being here. First off. Sure. Thank you. Uh, I guess um. Unless you guys have anything you want to add, uh, we can just get started. I'll go for it. All right. Um, Joe, uh, f- before we get into our, our special guest, I wanted to ask you uh, to tell us your history with the series. And when when did you get started? Uh, what did you choose, you know, X or Y, and uh, why? Sure. And uh, you want uh, the series in general. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, so my history with Pokemon is kind of not all that long, but I've squeezed a lot of Pokemaning in in a short number of years. But uh, I started with Pokemon Platinum, which was the last game in the fourth generation. And basically, you know, I always kind of thought Pokemon was cute. I had a very positive association with Pokemon because when I was 18 years old, I was in the hospital and the next morning, the only show that was on TV was Pokemon and I was feeling so much better that it was just like this warm fuzzy association with this strange Japanese show and uh, so a few years later you know, so I was already meant to check out the series and then when uh, the fourth generation came out I just thought Turtwig was so cool and my wife thought Piplup was so cool so we were just like eh, maybe we'll get one of these games and check it out so played Platinum then moved on to uh, White and then Black 2, because I didn't know you were supposed to go... I didn't know if you bought white, you were kind of supposed to buy white 2. But anyway. 
Uh, and then just recently uh, purchased Pokemon X to get in on this craziness before it passed me by. And uh, why why X over Y? You know, I kind of feel stupid about it, but it is the reason is no more complicated than I just think Pokemon X sounds cool and Pokemon Y sounds awkward. Like to me, I always I always feel like if you put like X after anything, it makes it cool. Like Steven X. <laughs> but but, wait, but like Pokemon Y just sounds like a question. Like Pokemon? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Dude, well, why not? Don't you know Call and of Duty? And that's a pun in itself. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much it. I, I do... Uh, there is a slight difference in my appreciation for... I do kind of like the, um, the cover. The kind of like cool blue and greens on the cover of X more than the like harsh reds on Y. I don't know that I really have a difference between the legendaries themselves, mm-hmm. but I I do I do like the color scheme on X a little better. It's a little more soothing, so but yeah, that's pretty much what it came down to for me. And so far so good. Alright. Well so so I started much earlier than you really, but yes, you probably yes. have a better memory of Yes. Because uh, you are the man who completed your entire decks in the this last This is series. true. This is true. A living Dex. Yes, a living Dex. So that's yep. that's impressive. Yep. Getting started on uh, Gen Six, catching whatever I can. And good luck to you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I say that not with sarcasm, but um... you know, we should all we should mention, uh, you know, folks like Devoid, who are probably of equal Pokemania as myself. Um, I don't know what his like. Uh, you know, like I don't know if you ever did a living Dex or anything, but he's really like absorbed the entirety of the Pokemon culture. Like he's all about the trading card games as well, and mm-hmm. so you know, credit where credit is due. Okay, well, that's right. Uh, yeah, if I if I think Pokemon fan, I do think of Devoid. Right gotta, away. You gotta mention Devoid. You know, mm-hmm. he might be a Pokemon in the next generation. Honestly, I think Nintendo's talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, you know, I could see that. What would his typing be? Um, French, Canadian, fairy. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll let him decide that. How about that? That, did, that didn't sound right. Um, I, in my head, I'm thinking normal, and you're like, French, Canadian, fairy. Uh, <laughs> Just because fairy is the new hotness, you know? So. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on to our guest then. Uh, Connor, what did well, you choose... Pokemon X or Y, why'd you choose it, and why are you playing Pokemon? Okay. First of all, uh, I hope everyone can understand my odd little accent. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Okay, okay, that's good to hear. I like that. Uh, first, I, I chose X as well, um, basically because of the, the Miyazaki similarity there. If anyone's seen Princess Mononoke, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the forest sprite ferret in there, sort of a big elegant elk style thing. And, uh, yeah, it looks beautiful and, uh, there is wisdom behind those eyes. I'm fairly sure of it. Um, yeah, I just, I love the, uh, purely on the, the legendary. I also think like that bird for why, uh, I feel like 
it would be the type of thing that would swoop down to try and steal my hot dog out of my hand at the pier. <laughs> so, you know. so uh, yeah, that's why I went for X. Um, and I purely, uh, I purely got into Pokemon at this stage because of the uh, the community at Negative World. You know, there's very little in the way of Nintendo fandom over here in Northern Ireland. So uh, yeah, I got excited about it and I, I jumped in. Awesome. I love hearing when the community is kind of creating those kind of buzzes and, and, and building itself up like that. Now, you say that there's not much of a Nintendo fandom there. Is there a lot of Sony or Microsoft fandom, or is it more just kind of a, all, a void of gaming fandom? It's all about uh, FIFA and PS3 over there, isn't it? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's Call of Duty, FIFA, that's it. You know, Xbox people, uh, and maybe PS3, but uh, Nintendo just gets it gets the usual treatment, you know. Uh, it's for kids and whatnot. But yeah, you know, there's some of us fighting the good cause. Yeah, there's a lot of ignorant masses out there, so I understand that. Well, we're just a bunch of deep-voiced ten-year-olds, uh, aren't we? <laughs> that's how that's how old I am. I yeah, I've got a whole bag of Twizzlers. I'm working through. Uh, uh, that'd be so great. Red vines, you know. I got Hot Wheels all over my room here. <laughs> Um, although if that was the case at 27 years old, I'd still be okay with it. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, great. Uh, appreciate your insight, um, into that. Uh, Charles, uh, same questions. Yeah. You know, I don't know, like, the uh, X or Y, I think I just kind of randomly chose X, but, okay. um, cause I didn't really know the difference either. I've always kind of looked at this kind of like, why are there two versions? Like, I know it's <laughs> like, it's some kind of like brilliant marketing scheme to get like kids to buy like the same thing twice <laughs> but other than that like it's like i didn't know exactly what the differences were so i didn't think it really mattered and um also i do like connor's answer though like the spirit of the forest miyazaki thing that's pretty cool that's yeah. true and <laughs> the giant elk does look like uh, the spirit of the forest yeah. um but yeah no I, I i really had no idea like i just kind of was just like eh, it's x or y it's just like flip the coin has your tails you know mm-hmm. and uh, uh yeah, why are you into Pokemon in general? These yeah, days? as far as as getting into it, it's it's one of those um, franchises that, um, like, maybe one of the only Nintendo franchises that I've never really experienced, and that I've always sort of admired from afar. Like, I I like JRPGs, I like Dragon's Quest and stuff. So it's like I'm like, oh, I could I could really get into that, but uh, but maybe because I was always kind of like, oh, but it, people play that game like a hundred hours, and I don't know if I like really want to dedicate that much time. But uh, this time around, it just seemed like the, the right time to jump in because right after it came out, like the day that it came out, um, all my street passes, like, because I get maybe like three to ten street passes a day when I, when I take my um, 3DS. Yeah, lucky bastard. The luxuries of New York. Yeah, it was just like men, women, didn't matter. Everyone was playing like Pokemon. It's just like everyone's into this. And on the boards, everyone was into it. And then like, uh, I like, read some reviews and like all these like um like uh like giant bomb like polygon and like kind of serious sites that i read and i respect and they're like everyone's like this is an amazing game this is the best pokemon in like years it's like it's like great like everyone should play it so i was just like okay this is it seems pretty unanimous like there's just like everything was like kind of everything kind of uh dovetailed together and it was like it's just the right time to do it you know yeah and it's interesting you were talking about the uh, you know the fear of the hundred hour quest, 
And then yeah. you chose to go in with this because from what I understand, I'm only about 22, 23 hours in, um, about four badges, I think, which actually is quite a bit for that, that short of a time because normally Pokemon is that kind of conquest. But right. it seems they've made a lot of uh, motions to make this a more streamlined game, not to shorten it in terms of quant- uh, like quantity of things to do or Pokemon to catch, yada, yada, but uh, to make it easier to kind of just get through the main game and do you know, experience the, the base of the, the Yeah, game. totally. Like, the experience share, like, I think, like, that was one of the things. I kept hearing about that in reviews, and everyone was saying, like, you guys, you don't know, this changes everything. It, like, makes it so much easier to level up your guys, and that's just, like, it's like, okay, like, that sounds like something I would like, because, you know, like, I want it to be streamlined, I want it to be fast, I want it to, I want to get through it, like. Yeah. So, it's good. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah. I'm glad that, um, you know, there's at least two new Pokemon gamers out there. Yeah, yeah, I think this is going to be fun. Too bad we didn't get someone from uh, from the past who kept saying that Pokemon's a fad, you know, in the first two games or something like that. Like, one of the, one of those kids in my class, I'm sure, was saying that crap. And yeah. I, I wish I could just bring him in here and be like, look at that, chump. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Somehow get some random guy from your past on yeah. Skype. <laughs> hey, Billy. Remember yeah. me? How's well, Pokemon doing? <laughs> yeah, he's just crying. Um clutching a Pikachu. Uh, to, I guess to, well, to reinstate my history here, uh, yeah, it was an 8th grade history class. It was Pokemon Blue. Um, played it on his Game Boy for only, a, you know, 10 minutes max. And then, I don't, I don't remember how I obtained my own copy, but it happened pretty quickly after that, and then, and then that's been it. Um, I mean, I also got into uh, the card game for a bit, which died down when my uh, my neighbors, who were also really into it, they I don't know if their mom got them to do it or something, but somehow they went from card gamers to uh, card entrepreneurs who were now every every card was now in a sleeve and you had they were selling them and trading them and but not playing with them. And it's like what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah, you can get ten bucks for this card and okay, happy day. But like it's it was it was a really fun game and and that died down. So I still have my stack of cards somewhere. Um, I get tempted to buy them every time I go to like Target or something. Uh, but then I, I'm like, okay, well, that five bucks for ten cards could be spent better on something else. Yeah. So, so I don't do that. But um, the game I chose was Pokemon X, and I chose that for two reasons. And it's the same kind of examination I go through every generation. It's uh, I go to Cerebi.net and I check to see what Pokemon are limited to each one, and I see which one do you know what set do I like better because. I might actually go for that one. And obviously you can trade uh, pretty easily these days with uh, the way online works, but um, I don't hop online that much on my, uh, you know, in my everyday gaming. So I, uh, I I look at that for that. And then again with the legendary, the deer, you know, just, or the elk or whatever it is, uh, definitely appealed to me more than, than the eagle hawk thing, uh, which I feel like that's been done more than than the deer. I know there's like Stantler, I think, is one of the deer Pokemon. Mm. Um, not, so it, not the coolest looking Pokemon. No, <laughs> I mean they've both they've they both or both species of animal have had the representation before, but the deer did look more elegant and and not so aggressive, but just kind of like uh, like spiritual, like you guys were all saying. Yeah. Yeah. Reminded me um, of Harry Potter. The um, I think I've said this on the podcast, but uh, whatever. Prognosis or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, just whatever thing was linked to Harry oh. is his soul or right. whatever. Buzzbeak or whatever that guy. Oh no, his um, his Patronus. Yeah, Patronus. there it is. Yes. Thank you. His father is really okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I always kind of liked that, and that was like one of my favorite scenes of that particular movie, where he, uh, I think it's 
I don't remember what movie it is, but uh, you know they were books too, Stephen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're also Lego games yes. and yeah. everything else. Uh, no, unfortunately, I started seeing the movies before I read the books, and so by the time I started trying to read the books, I didn't have much interest because I knew most of what was happening. Um, and the extra stuff about Quidditch and stuff that was left out of the movies didn't appeal to me enough to, to follow through. Charles, are you a huge um, Harry Potter fan? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, I was always wondering about your screen name. If that yeah, was... yeah. That was like, well, I made that screen name right when like uh, Book 7 came out. Or like, actually right when the... Um, when the name, when the title of Book Seven was announced, gotcha. I like jumped at, at IGN. I jumped on it really fast, like because I want to change my name anyway. <laughs> so it's like do, it's, it's like stuck. domain hoarding. You gotta yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stuck with it. But then I haven't actually. I didn't really see all the movies. I saw a few of them, and I haven't read the books in like five years or something. So I feel a little bit out of it. Like it's hazy. Like I need to reread them all. But I was definitely like a huge fan. Well, you knew Patronus. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate that. <laughs> um, what is uh, what has everyone's history exposure been with the franchise? Obviously, Joe, you were talking about uh, the cartoon and uh, and some of the other things, but uh, I guess we'll start with Connor first. I mean, did you? I mean, you both kind of said this in your previous answers, but what other things have you either experienced or or heard about, but didn't involve yourself with? Because there's been card games, TV shows, spinoffs, movies. Uh, the main games themselves, like, was it just the games that you kind of were aware of, or? Okay. Uh, when the uh, when the TV show, the cartoon came out, it was, I think, in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Would that be about right? Yeah. I think by that stage, I was 18, 19. I'd already started working. Um, and, you know, there was no way I was speaking to anyone that I worked with about Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> so... But I was still living at home, so I would come home and uh, my sister and I, who was she was younger than me, and we would watch the cartoon, you know, as a, as a bit of a guilty pleasure. Because <laughs> it was, uh, I loved the idea, the, the, the notion of it, brilliant. Uh, uh, and you know, the two of us just loved. We always hoped that Psyduck would appear because we were just mad about him. Oh, uh, Psyduck's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Still waiting. Is he in this game? Because I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, that you know, that was it. The cartoon was all I knew. Uh, I'd heard about the card games, but again, I didn't know anyone who would be interested in that. Um, and I didn't have a Game Boy at the time. You know, I had the home console, but I didn't have a Game Boy. Uh, so it just, it, it just, it just passed me by. It just passed me by. Hmm. And then you, Charles? Um, yeah, I, like, I think I was in college when the cartoon was out, but I still watched it. I thought it was great. And, uh, you know, I'm like really into anime, so it was like right up my alley. And my favorite scene ever is when they were all you know, like eating sushi or like little rice balls, and mm. then someone said, "Man, these hamburgers are great!" <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that was like so funny. Oh, but boy. yeah, I always thought it was super cute. Like I'm like I like the cuteness of it. I was always like I'm like in fact like I want a Pikachu. Like I was just looking at the map today trying to figure out where do I need to go because I know I missed him. I need to go back to wherever he was and like try to catch him because it's like. You know, it's important to me that I get a Pikachu to represent. So, yeah, I always thought it was a. I always liked it, and um, I even have some of the GBA carts with the um, with the episodes on them, like the TV episodes. Mm, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, because I found like I was at Toys R Us one day, and there was like a bargain bin like full of GBA carts, 
And there was a bunch of those in there. So I grabbed them for like 99 cents each. And it's like, <laughs> those things are so rad. The video quality is kind of hilarious, but it's just like, it's so cool to have those. I'm like in your GBA. It's really neat. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Joe, do you um, want to make any notes about your exposure to? Um, I'll just, add, just add briefly to the story I told earlier is that like uh, there before, like that night in the hospital, there was a definite, um, I think like a generation gap. I think I was just like four or five years older than the people who were supposed to be getting into Pokemon. And so it was just like, you know, I had this like kitty mentality about it, that this was like, you know, the same crap that we talk about being horrible for Nintendo these days, where I was just like, that is for kids. Like that is so like, that is a joke. That is not a game. That's just <laughs> all of these horrible misconceptions. And, uh, and to like when things like the movie would come out and all these little like teeny bopper type kids would be like, I'm going to go see Pikachu in the movie. You know, that just like reinforced it for me that that was not cool. But, um, you know, I just had to sort of overcome that and learn for myself that it's not really about what I thought it was. It's not just like, I don't know, there's, it's, it's such a much richer mythos behind Pokemon that, uh, yeah, I just had to look into it deeper and now I can appreciate it for it actually. One thing I guess I'll add, uh, cause I feel like I have to do a shout out when we're talking about other exposure besides the main games, um, Pokemon Pinball is one of the greatest handheld games in existence. Wow. Have, have any of you guys played that? No, is it is it a GBA game? Um, I believe because there's Pokemon Pinball and there's Pokemon Pinball Ruby oh, maybe, Sapphire or whatever. Game Boy, game Boy Color, maybe. So I think yeah, I think it was Game Boy. Yeah, it was Game Boy Color for the for the first one, and then GBA for the second. And it was just a pinball game, like Sonic's Pinball or any other pinball you know franchise game. But it was just so well done. The 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 tables were really cool, um, very varied. It's a weird sentence. Uh, <laughs> and you actually could catch Pokemon. You can use them in, in your games, but you the whole point would be to play the table, get the points, but also collect Pokemon that way. And you'd have certain opportunities. You'd have rare opportunities to, to try to get the ball into this one spot, to go into this minigame, and that's where you try to actually um, catch the Pokemon. It was, it was so well done. And if you can ever play it by any means, I would uh, encourage it. Um, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. I don't know why they haven't done done one since. Well, they should at least put it on the VC, you know, like right around now. Right, or... right. I would love that. And actually, yeah, I would I would almost rather have the old ones than have some new one now cuz you know, they'd have to upgrade the graphics and and I don't I'm not looking for that. There's something really nice about how how nice the pixel art was done for those games and um, Right. So yeah, that was that's one of my favorite uh and fondest memories of the Pokémon series besides uh, the main games themselves. Um, but yeah, so clearly Pokemon transcends the main games and it, it's, it is such a huge thing. And, uh, and it's pretty cool that, you know, you guys are, are both into the, uh, into the new game right now, but also have had quite a history. Like whether you've wanted to or not, you've been exposed, uh, to the radiation that is Pokemon. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, kind of a negative way to put it, but at the same time, uh, that's what, <laughs> what it is. It Everyone loves radiation. It just radiates at you. You can't avoid it. Um, 
so uh, for the next uh, section of the podcast, because um, we do have kind of a vague structure here, I did want to go over everyone's rosters of what you got going on right now. So I don't know if you need a second to get your, uh, you know, 3DSs up and running, but I did want to just talk about your rosters and who you're choosing to uh, to go on your journey with right now, and if there's anything you want to say about them or anything like that. So. Um, uh, I have in my notes here that Charles is first, so we'll go with that. And um, do you have like your yeah? List, list yeah, I got it. I just pulled it up. So um, yeah, I have like I'm I'm only 11 hours into the game so far, so I haven't really figured out like the whole like rock paper scissors structure of like how to mix your Pokemon and do the best. Like so far, I've been kind of trying to get like um, a mix of types. It also just kind of choosing them based on how cute they are. So. That's a good way to go. I yeah. Like that policy. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I have my starter. My uh, my main guy is Litleo. He's level twenty four, and then I have um, an Asmaril, which is one of the new fairy types. He's level twenty two. I have a level seventeen Skiddo. I have a level nineteen Combi, a level sixteen Plulls, and a level fifteen Snorlax. Snorlax. Yeah, I just got, so I haven't actually even used him in battle yet, but I think he's hilarious. And I think it's really funny that in the Pokédex it says he requires 880 pounds of food a day. <laughs> I was like, so where is my dude carrying that food in his backpack if this is his Pokémon? He needs, he needs to feed him. <laughs> it's like, I think he just eats trainers you've beaten. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Like if Snorlax, he's like a really portly fellow. He's like, hey, he wants to battle, he wants to battle. Yeah. Just so you can go fight him and then he can eat him. Yeah, he weighs 1,100 pounds as well, so that's kind of funny. It's like, he weighs 1,100 pounds, and he eats 880 pounds of food a day. Then the question <laughs> really is, how big does he shit? That's, oh, that's frankly, like, that's where your brain has to go at that point. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to think of that. That's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so you've got... Um, I wasn't able to, to write down... I was trying to write down the names exactly uh, as you were saying that's, them. What was the first yeah. one? Yeah, Lit Leo. He's a fire type. So I have like a fire, a fairy, a grass, a bug, a lightning guy, electric guy, and Snorlax, which I don't even know what Snorlax is. What type is he? He's just normal. normal. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's just um, fat type. <laughs> actually, I think he's French Canadian fairy, is what it is. <laughs> but uh, so you have a pretty good rounded uh, team right now. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, I didn't. I didn't actually. I didn't realize there was a normal type. I knew there were normal attacks. Yeah. But yeah, this is cool. Yeah. I think it might be the only normal type that I have. Yeah. So. What's um What's good that you have versus what I don't have, um, and we'll get into me later. But uh, is the electric type, and um, that I mean, there's there's every Pokemon game always has a lot of water in it. You always end up surfing somewhere, and there's always caves with water in them and everything. So you hit a lot of water Pokemon. And uh, having that lightning or the electric type is uh, pretty pivotal into kind of tackling that. I guess you could also go with a, a grass Pokemon um, as well, but uh, but yeah, so that's good. That's good to know. I'm I'm kind of like I want to fight a Pikachu to replace because I feel like the the pulse is just like kind of a poor man's Pikachu. <laughs> oh right, yeah, and he's actually uh, got a. I don't know if you knew this, but there's another one that's next in line in the whole national you know order of everything called like. Um, like minus, minus or yeah, yeah. He's like a blue. This this guy's red, and the other guy's blue, and together they can do some special stuff or something. Yeah, they can start your car. 
<laughs> you just stick two of them in there. Um, that's hilarious. You know, Joe, uh, you might have more of an opinion about this, um, you know, with your history and everything. Do you feel like that was kind of just a really weird decision to have a poor man's Pikachu or a poor man's Pichu? It um, it... Only when the, only with Pichu have I, have I thought that. Okay. So those, the, the Pulsey and Minun or whatever, they're, uh, there's, you know, different enough for you, but uh... I thought I thought different enough. Yeah, I mean, because, well, I don't know. I mean, nowadays is like I, I think they do a pretty good job with like, um, what is it, uh, Emolga, the flying squirrel one, and mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it, but like Pachirisu or something, yeah. the other squirrel one. Like those, I think look different enough. And I know there's one that's like a mouse one that I haven't encountered yet in the new game that is also kind of a Pikachu variant, but all of them I felt were unique enough, and I, I actually thought it was kind of cool because it makes it look like there's this real biology going on in the Pokemon world. You know, yeah. like in the real world, there are variations of animals. And, you know, it's an but, interesting take. But mm-hmm. Pichu, Pichu was the only one where I thought like this just looks like they want to sell some plushies or something. You know, because it was just like let's take what's cute about Pikachu and then like. Like condense it down, this little, this little ball of cuteness. Yeah. But, oh, you know what's funny is I saw that Pichu and I thought, oh, that's Pikachu before he evolves. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought it was like a baby Pikachu. Well, actually, I think that. I mean, I I shouldn't that's... say I think I should know this, but um, with certainty. But yeah, that is a pre-evolution of Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. It's just yeah. they added it after, after the, the fact. fact. Which they've uh, done a couple other times. But. Yeah, in the first games, Pikachu evolves into Raichu. Um, I believe, is it with a Thunderstone? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was a level plus a Thunderstone or, or whatever. But um, but yeah, then a few generations in, they invented this uh, pre-evolution. And uh, like I think uh, there's even like Mime Jr., which is like pre-evolution to Mr. Mime, who was that crazy, scary-looking one. Um yep. But yeah, so Pichu is the pre-evolution, and I guess my issue with with these, uh, Joe, you made a good point about you know the normal world having variants and evolution working like that, and eh, that that works, and that's why I like Azumarill, who mm-hmm. is kind of the water Pikachu. Yeah. But uh, but to have you know the the Pulsey and Minon uh, Pokemon, um, they just kind of feel like okay, well it looks like a Pikachu, it walks like a Pikachu, um, and it's electric type like a Pikachu. But it's not a Pikachu, so yeah. uh, so hopefully you get uh, Charles. Hopefully you get a Pikachu to replace the the poser. I'm going to. I won't stop until I have. I have to have a Pikachu. <laughs> and I, I remember hearing that you can get a Pikachu early on in this game, so you definitely uh, could go back probably right now and and find. Yeah, it. totally. I looked at the map and I just I missed it somehow. So I, maybe he's a little bit rare. But I remember hanging out there a long time and like catching a lot of stuff, and I never even saw one. So I just need to go well, back. Too, it's kind of a staple of Pokemon games where certain routes are so small that, I mean, I think there's a couple of routes in some of these games where it's just a patch of grass. Yeah. Like, there'll be five new Pokemon that you can only get in that section of the world, but it's just it's just like a six-by-six six patch of grass in between some things. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it can be kind of easy to miss that sometimes. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's just because of overexposure or what, but I'm just not that crazy about Pikachu. I don't know if that's like if now I have to leave the podcast or what. Yeah, get out. <laughs> Go. I just, I mean, he's cool, but uh, 
yeah. I like him. Not, I don't. I yeah. don't like him any more than. Well, a lot he has. Of others, but he has a voice too in this game, which is kind of. And like, I want to experience that. I want to hear him be like, "Pika" and stuff. It's like so bizarre, because <laughs> none of the other they all make generic kind of like er er sounds or something. You know. <laughs> Do you guys? You know, uh... I encountered one other Pokemon that I think might have, a, a like I don't know if you would call it voice acting or what. But... The Devoid. No, <laughs> uh, it's the it's the one before Grumpig. I think it's called a Spoink or something like that. Ah, uh, yeah, he's got like it's the, the little, curly springtail. Yeah, yeah, and he like snorted when he came into battle, and it was like a real. It sounded like a real, like not like an eight bit chip tune snort. So I don't know how they would how they pick and choose. I think Absol was the same. I think Absol when he came into battle kind of had like a little uh, dog. A little mini growl or something. So I don't know how they kind of picked and choose which ones they gave yeah. actual voices to, but maybe in the next one they'll have voices for everyone. Maybe, but yeah, yeah. with with Pikachu, I think they felt that was a big win that you know all the <laughs> all the Pikachu fans would finally get their little Pika Pika when he comes into battle and stuff. So well, yeah, then you can do the Pokemon Ami thing and play with them and stuff, which is oh yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of fun. Did you guys hear? Uh, I forgot who posted this. Um, hell, it could have been one of you two. Uh, it was a link to a video where people were pranking Nintendo customer service with a Pikachu, um, like uh, oh yeah, voice like a board voice or whatever. Box. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was actually pretty funny. That was really funny. It was great when so, when the people actually got the joke and and weren't just you know grumpy about it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so now I want to hear about Connor's uh, roster. You know, who's okay. on? Who, who's got your back? Okay. Hey, first of all, can I ask, Charles, did you get uh, your Snorlax? Is he the guy from the bridge? Yep. Oh, man. I, I must have burnt through, like, two great balls and loads of Pokeballs. <laughs> yeah, he was, re- he was really difficult. I think I went through a couple great balls, too. I think I just got lucky and got him down to like one little tiny sliver of red. Yeah, so. I, yeah. I, I, I thought he was uncatchable actually, but there you go. No, I, okay. I'm pretty sure every Pokemon is catchable. Does that sound right, Joe? I mean, has there ever been a Pokemon? As that... long as it's not a trainer's, as long as it's not right. someone else's. Right. Yeah, I don't think. But I, I mean, some of them can be instance. ridiculously hard, but but they could be caught. Like if you had a Master Ball, you would have been able to nail it in one 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 go. Right. Um, with that one, I think I had a struggle with it too, but uh, I had um, a Farfetch with False Swipe, so I was able mm-hmm. to get him down to literally one HP, and then I think I was able to maybe paralyze him or something, and uh, and kind of secure the 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 best possible chance. Because in in the background of all this, guys, is uh, if you don't already know, is pretty much a formula. It's a math formula, and it just yeah. calculates your chance of it, and then every time it just rolls the dice randomly. So that's why, I mean, I guess in theory, that means you could even catch, you know, like in the original games, you could catch a Mewtwo with a single regular Pokeball. Just the chance of that happening would be... Without damaging it at all. Yeah, right. Um, it would just be ridiculous, ridiculously small, so... Um, so yeah, so hang in there. I mean, if you ever there see... There are also items, too, right, that can help you? Uh, well, you mean the, like, the O powers... Like that kind of no, thing. I feel like I've gotten some. I mean, I, I'm a little confused about all the different items. That there's like so many of them. 
that I feel like there is something that will like stun the Pokemon and get it down to really low health, but will make sure that it doesn't you don't that it doesn't faint. I mean, there's moves that do that sort of thing. Like okay. false swipe again is uh, what that does is you know if you have 100 HP, it, it might only do 20, but if you have 13 and you use it again, it's going to take them down just to one. Uh, I would be amazed if there was an actual new item in this game that uh, that did stuff like that. You know, as a means to streamline, I could see them possibly doing that sort of thing. Right, right. But well, I, I, maybe I'm mistaken, but I'll 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 look through again all my items and see if I have that thing, and then I'll, I'll post it on the board. There's cool. definitely a lot of items, and they they definitely throw a lot at you right away. They they don't make it hard to get these at all, but items that power up various moves um, or do different things, they they throw beneficial things at you left and right. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of impressed with how many people are just like, hey, you have a nice smile. Here's this, you know, silk scarf, <laughs> or um, here's a metronome, because I'm thinking about metronomes right now, and no other reason. So, yeah. it's it's pretty funny. Uh, okay. Okay, so, my roster? Yeah. Okay. And and also, where where are you at in the game? Tell us that. Oh, yeah, well, I am in a place called the uh, Frost Cavern. Uh, this is a little bit beyond you, I think, Stephen. Um, I have six gym badges, and uh, yeah, I've just been in the frost cavern helping out some snow monster. Being grunt, we're hassling. <laughs> so I did my duty. I'm just on my way out now, you know. Uh, hopefully, to get to the seventh gym. <clears throat> so in my squad, I feel a bit guilty at the minute, actually, because uh, four out of my six are. They're, the Pokemon that were gifted to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, obviously, my starter uh, is now Greninja at 52. Um, and I chose... I've got the Venusaur as well. He's level 51. Um, so, yeah, the free gift, which was... Uh, which turned into Blaziken, is sitting at 55. I feel so guilty using him. He's just a machine. Like, he's a... Uh, Taking out everybody. So, and then, where I am, I'm also gifted, well, I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't have said that, but I have a Lusario, who's at level 43. Or, yeah. So the only two that I have, you know, that I've actually caught myself are, uh, Vervillian, that lovely butterfly type thing. I mean, I, first time I've seen her flying there, you know, just watch, I could just watch her wings going in 3D for ages. It was lovely. Uh, and, uh, let me see if I get this right. Drifloom, like a like a floating balloon. Yeah, Drifloom is quite the um, ominous Pokemon. Actually, have you ever read the information about it? No, no. Yeah, uh, Drifloom is it's it's said to uh, to pretty much steal children and take them away. Whoa! Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look it up really quick. Yep, yeah, it's the base, the base form of that. There's a, there's an evolution, but, um, but yeah, the whole it's thing. Is, it's got those little yellow hands, you know, and uh, it's supposed to trick little kids into like holding onto it like a balloon, and then after that point, it flies away with them. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think they say that in the American version necessarily. So that's, you know, um, well, I guess I don't know what, I mean, I guess an English version is released in, uh, in Ireland, but. Um, I don't know how the different regions of a European version would change or not, but yeah, in the Japanese versions in the past, they've they've detailed this kind of almost horrible backstory. 
And then, too, if you look at the uh, the evolution of it, uh, Drift Blim. Yeah, that's, that's what he's at at the oh, moment. Oh, okay, that's what you have. Okay, so Drift Bloom yeah, as before, and you have Drift Bloom. So he looks even more, like, creepy, you know, doesn't he? Yeah, but, I, you know, I, I need someone with, like, ghost and dark capabilities, so uh, yeah. just stuck with him. And now that you've told me that, I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm keeping him away from children as long as I've got him captured. <laughs> right, uh-huh. right. You just got to attach him to a Snorlax and watch him struggle to, to try to, you know, fly away. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that actually, and ghost flying, which is what, uh, Driftblim is, is, uh, yeah. a pretty unique mix. So he's actually a pretty cool, cool god to have on your team. Yeah. Even if he is a bastard. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you've got, let's see, we've got, um, leaf or grass, uh, grass, fire, um, I think Lucario is fighting. Um, fighting. Yep. Um, is he fighting on. steel? Yeah. That sounds right, yeah. Pavilion is bug. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, so you've got a, an interesting mix there as well. Kreninja, um, that's the evolution of what starter? Uh, the Froakie. Froakie, right. Okay. So you've got the strong water there too. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. You guys are, are, even without having a lot of experience um, in crafting your team, you're still finding yourselves doing a good job of, of covering the bases. And and you really can't cover yourselves entirely. I mean, there's no magical formula, magical set of Pokemon that covers every base. Um, especially as they add these new ones in the fairy type, added some sort of um, strengths to certain ones, but then it adds extra weaknesses to others. And um, so so they always do f- seem to uh, to balance it out. Yeah, I think the fairy type was, as a lot of people have concluded by now, it was just a means of trying to add more balance to the game because of the dragon types kind of running away with the online competitive experience. So so you don't think that it was a means to uh, to almost market a new type? You think it was more like the programmers just feeling like we yeah. really do need to balance this out? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's my opinion. That's, yeah, because I feel like... Um, I, I mean, I haven't gotten the sense that so far... It's just perception, but that would these games so far, I haven't gotten the sense that it's just been like, buy this for fairy type, buy this for fairy type, we've got a new type. I mean, of course, <laughs> the addition of a new type has has like sent shockwaves through the community, but I don't get the sense that the actual marketing has really been all about that. Sure. Um, but I do think it has been a common complaint for a while that uh, you know, that the dragon types were just too strong. So, I do like the dragon types. Well, there's nothing wrong with good dragon type. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't really have this question uh, in our outline of, of our favorite Pokemon, but maybe we'll have to ask anyway, because, uh, spoiler alert, my favorite type is a dragon type. But, uh, um, you know, let, I, let me uh, clarify with, with Charles really quick. Charles, yeah. what was your starter? Um, Fennec? Is that right? Okay. Like, Fe- yeah, Fennekin. The yeah, Fennec he was Fox. he was awesome until he evolved, and then he looked freakish, and I'm like, I had to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. See, now that's an interesting yeah. note because that's what I'm hearing from everybody, and uh, and I, I'll I'll get into that I guess when I when I say my roster, but um, but yeah, I was having the same kind of quandaries with myself and my own team building. I know, I think Joe, you and I had this discussion off uh, off air before. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of a shame. Um, yeah, she, it's just like she, it was female, she just looked 
like too anthropomorphic, but also animal like. Um, it got to like the like kind of furry like realm, and I'm just like, I, oh, she's creeping me out. Like something about her hips and legs are scary. It's like kind of like that, like an an alien three or was it alien four? And it was like the human alien hybrid, like that kind of like look. It's like I'm not into it. Well, what's kind of <laughs> what's funny about Fennekin though is um. For one, the gender ratio of many starters tends to be more lean towards male because the female can actually reproduce. Um, so even though she clearly, or, well, it is clearly designed to look feminine in every stage of its evolution, um, 87.5% of all of them are male um, and only 125 So it's kind of funny how throwing gender into um, Pokemon on every Pokemon actually has funny inconsistencies like that. Originally, in the first games, there was no genders except for the Nidoran, like, uh, and then the other... There was, like, a, a male... Nidorino? Yeah, Nidorino. Um, yeah. And uh, so there was, like, a male line and a female line, and that was six total Pokemon. But then they expanded it to everybody, and, and that kind of thing happened. So uh, I, I guess I, I look at Fennekin or, um, or like, the evolved uh, breaks in... Bri- Bryaxon or whatever, um, the middle chain, and I could just imagine them having like a much deeper uh, voice, <laughs> even though it looks like they're wearing a skirt and everything. It's just funny. Yeah, that line is totally female. You're yeah. lucky you at least got a female for the with that 12.5 percent, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Cause, yeah. Yep. But uh, but yeah, I mean the the uh, well, I mean we'll stick to to the, this one for now. Um, but the the evolutionary chain definitely. I think that actually Fennekin's evolutionary chain is probably the best one of the three um, as far as uh, consistency. Because she starts yeah. off as she does kind of a cute little feminine thing. And even though she gets more badass or like powerful, she does still kind of stay how she looks um, to a degree. When, when these were first announced, I remember everyone was just like, Fennekin! Best Pokemon ever! And I was on that bandwagon as well. Yeah. And, well, it's uh, so cute. It's like a little fox. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, you know, this conversation can uh, continue on uh, after Joe tells us his roster, because I, um, I think it kind of sure. relates. So, so let's, let's jump to that then. Joe, where are you at, and what's your, uh, your team? Oh, man. I'm so far into the game. I am almost at the second gym. Okay, don't, don't pass us all. Okay, we have, to, we have to be on the same level. We have to talk about the same thing. I know. I'm going to try to dumb things down for you guys. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler there's these alert, things, There's these things called Mega Evolutions, and I can't do them yet. So, um, But anyway, uh, I'm taking my time. I'm taking my, I actually I just got the game maybe a week or two ago. Um, and, but anyway... Uh, so I chose Froakie as my starter, and he is now a Frogadier. Um, and I will say this: our previous topic was a good segue into this because, uh, for like for this game, I'm not I'm trying not to look at any of the uh, the new Pokemon. Like I'm trying not to look at them online before I play the game. So like when earlier someone was talking about deciding what game to buy based on the version exclusives, like I have no idea what the version exclusives are. Because I wanted to be surprised, at least this time around. But when it comes to the starter, there is no room for surprise. Because as Charles just explained, you can get burned that way. <laughs> In his case, literally, because it was a fire type. Ba-dum-tsh. <laughs> Ba-dum-tsh. Um 
but so I was when they first when they displayed the first uh, starters, I was like chespin all the way. I thought he was so friggin' cute. This little grass type hedgehog with the little buck tooth and everything, and he just looked so friendly. So I was totally gonna get him all the way up until like a few days before I bought the game because I hadn't I hadn't checked what they evolved into. Um, and I kind of I I really love frogs as I mentioned on the previous episode. Uh, but and so Froakie was you know he was in the running, but ultimately I was gonna go with Chespin. And I thought you know before I get the game, I'll check online. I'll just make sure. I'll just make sure the evolutions are are you know as good as uh, as I'm imagining. And I checked the uh, I checked Chespin's second evolution, and I won't I guess describe. Well, I guess we did describe what Fennekins were, but uh, he looks a little doofy. Looks a little looks a little bit like a yep. looks looks like a big old round ball of dork. <laughs> <laughs> Is that his classification? <laughs> he changes to ball of dork Pokemon. It's a dork type, and so I was like, all right, okay, you know, awkward uh, teenage years you know let's see let's see where it goes from here and his final evolution it's not that it looks bad but it's just you were talking about consistency steven it just doesn't i would never really connect that that was the pokemon that started from chespin so i I was just like "Ah, i can't do this and then i so i thought like let's see let's see what froakies is and I, I checked the middle evolution. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. And um, and I checked the final evolution. I was like, nailed it. Gotta have it. This is like one of the best Pokemon I've ever seen. So I cannot wait to get this lazy Frogadier to evolve. He refuses to evolve. I don't know what level it's at, but he's level thirty-two right now. Oh, you're not you're not far. Okay, sweet. So. Moving on, I have the Bulbasaur that I picked from uh, that second uh, professor, whoever it is. I forget where you get the Gen 1 starters from, but um, but yeah, so I got the Bulbasaur from there. Now, this Bulbasaur can Mega Evolve, is that right? I think all, th- all of those original three starters can. The ones you picked from that scene though right yeah because uh i mean i guess if you were to have someone breed you one you could still mega evolve them later as long as you found the stone that related to it they give you the stone for uh for whatever one you picked at the time so that that's what's special about that okay so having the stone means like if i breed or more likely bring in my venusaur from a previous game I could use it on that one. Too. Yeah, as long as you move the Venusaurite or whatever stone it is over to that Pokemon, then yeah, it would work. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. Because I kind of wanted to keep this one as a Bulbasaur. He's just—he looks so awesome, and in the in the 3D of this game, you know, the the polygonal graphics just just looks freaking amazing. So I kind of want to keep him a Bulbasaur. Uh, he's level 23, and then I have an Esper, uh, also level 23. And Esper is a psychic type, um, a new Pokemon in this generation, and I think it looks okay. What I'm excited about is I think it's evolution, which there's a different one for male and female, and I think they both look great. So right now I'm just working on sort of getting this one leveled up, um, and pretty much probably once he evolves I'll just switch him out for 
the other one and then evolve the female one. And I haven't found that it's all that useful. It's only level 23, so I know people aren't, you know, no one's going to be a world beater at this point, but whatever. Um, still kind of cool looking, but I think the evolutions look awesome. So, uh, and then I have a Vivillion, which I guess everyone has because that was like a easy bug type to get early on. Uh, it's level 24. I'm kind of enjoying some of its status powers. What I'm really enjoying though is it's got a move called Struggle Bug, which is like the only attack all move that I have on anyone right now. So when I encounter those hordes and I don't want to catch any of them, it's pretty awesome. That that's yeah, that's got to be good to have. I don't have any Pokémon that have moves that attack everybody or even multiple people. Uh, mm. Pokémon and um so even like my one of my I won't spoil it yet, but one of my uh key Pokémon right now was in a one of those group battles and um got smacked down even though I was like at a level 25 and they were all level 10. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, one guy might might bite you, but the other ones are all doing status effects and and accuracy issues, and uh, it was just ridiculous. So, yep. good for you. And did it sound like one of our guests are, is also enjoying the luxury of Struggle Bug? Struggle Bug was brilliant, yeah. I loved it. Uh, I've, yeah. I've actually swapped it out, but uh, it was really, really handy. Yeah. Uh, did, did your Froakie not have a, a, like a mass attack move called Bubble? Oh yeah, he he does. Um, thing was, I only like I got um, the the one after it. Uh, what is it? Water pulse or something like that? Yeah. So and that one only attacks single, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize that the advantage of keeping bubble around would be to do the mass attack thing. So missed well, opportunity there. But um, quick question about your uh, pavilion, and actually. Um... Same thing goes for uh, for Connor, um, but what what do they look like? Because I'm looking at a pavilion right now, and there's six or what is it? Six times three, so eighteen different oh my God. Um, designs, and it's wow. it's dependent on the geographic location of your 3ds. What? Yeah, you're kidding me. There's meadow pattern, icy snow, river, monsoon, savanna, marine, archipelago, high plains, sandstorm, etc. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. You are joking me. And I, I wonder, thought it was... I have one male and one female, and they're different. I thought it was just the gender colors or something. There might be a difference uh, there, but uh, but according to seribnot.net, um, there's definitely a, a difference. That's so what, awesome. So what, describe for us, then, um, Joe, you go first. Uh, what Like the base color, because most of the wings are one color, and then right. there's like a fanning out. So Right. So the one I'm looking at now is kind of a like a deep blue, like a muted deep blue, and then it fades, it goes into white, and there's like black tips. Um, the other one I have, which I'm not looking at now, but it's something like a like a deep green, and I think it's got some like pink accents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Green so that's pink. them. It's hard to uh, to say, I guess, based on that, because um, like a deep green with pink, I don't really see that. That could be maybe a um, a gender-based thing, I don't know. But the blue, you know, blues are more like tundra or marine. I know you're not really near, uh, you know, the ocean or anything, but then again, um, up in New York where you're at, you are kind of near uh, some water, aren't you? Uh, well, yeah, we're near one of the Great Lakes. Yeah, so. But, but the other thing is that I think the other one I got might have been from a trade 
like one uh, of those one wonder trades or something. So okay. that could explain why it was different. But yeah, yeah. If this is really how they determine the colors, that would be so cool. Yeah, um, I mean that's what that's what the website says. That's all. You know, I can't speak for anything else. I should try to catch one and see what it says. I'd probably get you know the marine one myself just because I'm smack dab in between the Great Lakes. Yours would be rust belt colored. Rust belt colored. <laughs> okay. Actually, mine would be too. So. And and I know that we can't really show this on on a audio podcast, but the ocean pattern's my favorite. Absolutely, it's got an ocean and a sunset. What? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's crazy. Yeah, you guys should check it out if you get a get a sec. Um, after the show though, because we can't just sit here and, and gush about this. I kind of almost derailed us with it. Obviously not. Um. um okay. I'll uh, next. I got a fur fru, which is level twenty six. And uh, I have it done up all all heart style, very 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 fitting of its name because it's I got it all froofy looking. Um, but I think it looks cool. And actually, she's kind of a beast on my team. Like she's kind of who I bring in when someone's given um, my first guy trouble for some like maybe there's a typing um, disadvantage, and so I bring in Furfru, and she just kind of levels them with headbutt and we move on um, and I think it's kind of cool how they uh, how you groom them and then they grow out of it after five days or whatever yep. it is yep five days that's that's kind of that's kind of cute and then they look all disheveled and everything do you think that should be something that they attribute to other Pokemon in the series uh, I'm thinking I'm... one's enough because I yeah because I wouldn't want to have to like take like 18 Pokemon to the groomer every week or something <laughs> Right. But it's a good idea for one. Uh, and then lastly, I have Pancham. And I'm very excited about Pancham because for years now, I've felt like there's a couple of animals that are really missed opportunities in the Pokemon world. Like, I was always wondering why, why they don't have more, uh, pandas. Like, they have Spinda, but Spinda's kind of barely panda it's a drunk bear pokemon it's a drunk bear with spots basically um but everyone the world is obsessed with pandas and it was always puzzling to me that they didn't try to exploit that obsession um the other one is koalas by the way so look out for gen 7 starter koala you heard that would blow my mind koalas are my favorite actual animal so (laughs) yeah so but anyway so i'm very excited about pancham and i love how he looks like a tough little badass and uh i kind of i gave him false swipe just so that i could keep him around for um for capturing and actually he's got false swipe and rock smash and cut so he's kind of my uh hm slave or whatever they call it so you might want to change that uh down the line because looking at his moveset it looks like he's got quite uh quite a good roster oh really yeah well i like how he's um you know he's kind of big when he evolves like Snorlax, but and but he's a fighting type, so I feel like he's kind of like the like he's almost in there as a balance because Snorlax also kind of dominates the online play. Like every team has like four dragons, of Snorlax, and then something random, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like the Pancham, and I don't know what his evolved name is, but could be could be added to the game as like a Snorlax killer, which would be kind of kind of neat. Pangoro. Ah, interesting. The daunting Pokemon. Mm. He does look like a badass, though. He looks like he could be a bouncer at a club. (laughs) So that's my team. 
Yeah. All right. That's cool. That's uh, I love how. Well, this is exactly the whole point of Pokemon: is that three different people playing the same exact game because you all have Pokemon X, going through the same exact motions, have such different uh, different rosters. You summed it up. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's the beauty of Pokemon, right there. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, I love that. Thank you, Nintendo, for uh, for such a brilliant idea. Thank you, Game Freak. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah my bad. Uh, well, was yeah, Game Freak was owned by Nintendo at the time, right? At the very beginning, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So it just was like a second party of theirs. As far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Game Freak. Um, I guess I should go into mine then. Please do. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to reference back to things you guys have said, because I've, I've been trying to bite my tongue on some of this stuff. But um, So I'm starting off with a level 38 Blastoise, uh, holding Blastoiseanite. And um, the Mega Evolution thing, which we'll, we'll talk about soon enough, is, uh, is pretty cool. I mean, Blastoise, I, I like how his Mega Evolution looks. He's quite powerful. Uh, he's got Skull Bash, and he. I, my water Pokemon always ends up having Surf and probably Waterfall later, because those, of all the HMs, those are two of the strongest moves. Yeah. And um, so, I never felt bad about having a water Pokemon with, uh, you know, with HMs going on. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so he's pretty cool. I was tempted to not evolve Squirtle because Squirtle is a cute, cute Pokemon, and uh, War Turtle kind of looks like a prick, but Blastoise in the end. Uh, that always looks pretty good. And then I've got um, a level 41 chest pin. And uh, to, to go back to the story you were saying, Joe, uh-huh. um, I had a very similar experience as you did. And um, I apologize if I've said this already on the podcast. I know I've said it to you, so I'll sum up really quickly for uh, for the guys. But I was going to be Fennekin all the way. The second I saw the three starters, I thought she was adorable. I love Fennec foxes in real life. It just made sense. Um, I kind of got that uh, Chespin was a hedgehog, but it d- didn't even look that much of a hedgehog to me, so I was kind of like, whatever. He was actually my third choice. And um, I was with my girlfriend at uh, at a Toys R Us randomly the day before I got Pokemon, and we were just looking at some of the toys, and uh, they had um, the little plastic figurines, and they, they come in sets of two. And Fennekin came with me out with, I think. And, and I'm looking at this little plastic figure, and Fennekin just didn't look that cool to me at that point. Uh-huh. And I was like, I, but I kind of wanted to buy one of these little figurine things just for the hell of it. And, uh, and Meowth, I was like, ah, Meowth, you know, he's kind of an old hat at this point. I, I wasn't really interested in having him. And uh, I forgot who was with Froki, but um, but Froki wasn't really doing it to me either. But Chespin looked so damn cute. And and he was paired with uh, Wobbuffet, who honestly uh-huh. is one of my most hated Pokemon <laughs> in the world. Uh-huh. Like, I just hate how it looks. I hate how it acts. I hate it it's uh inclusion in the cartoons and all this stuff. It just or yeah. Smash Brothers too. Uh, I just can't stand that. And um and yet I was like, you know what? I like I like Wobbuffet, but I hate him. He's like one of those guys that I love to hate. Mm-hmm. So I just I bought that the little toy combo, but I was still planning on getting Fennekin as my actual Pokemon in the game. And then the game came in the mail the next day and I'm sitting there uh, cracking it open, I'm about to make my decision and I couldn't resist. I had to go with Chespin. So I had to abandon nice. my previous decision. And I, I didn't look at the evolutions beforehand. Uh-huh. I made sure not to do that. But once I picked Chespin and I, it was a done deal, I then looked at the other evolutions for Fennekin and Froakie. Uh-huh. And uh, and then I started seeing what people were talking about, you know. Yeah. I still don't think Fennekin had, has that bad of an evolution. Um, again, it is the most consistent, I think. 
look as you know as you guys were talking about Froki's evolution, I kind of do appreciate his fun evolution some more. But Joe, you've warned me that chess pins is just fugly. Mm. And uh, so what? <laughs> In I'm, my opinion, I mean, some people might look at him and think he's amazing. Well, I've, I've, I've been hearing a lot of that around the, the forums and stuff like yeah. that too. So you're not the only person I've heard that from. So now I'm afraid to evolve him. So he's level 41, but he's still Chespin. And I think I'm just going to keep him sacred, keep him level I Chespin. I support that decision. In Gen 5, I used Tepig, and I never evolved him because I just didn't like the uh, Embor, and I don't remember what the middle one is. But, yeah, I just didn't like him. I just kept him, kept him a little tyke and did just fine. It's so. just a shame, though, because I know how much more powerful he'll be if I evolve him. True. Because the stats, I think, almost double his base stats. Right. So right. I know you were asking me. Now yeah. I remember. You had me look it up for you. Because yeah. you didn't want to see, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And, uh, but that's okay. Um, I, did, I do have uh, Pokey Freak now on one uh, on the, the, the case of getting me a Ditto so I can start breeding myself, but also getting me a Chespin so I can evolve that Chespin. Because in some sick way, I cannot actually use this one to to evolve to see what the because now I want to see what it looks no, like. No, I hear you. But I want it to be unveiled in the game, so I'm going to go through the trouble trouble of getting another chestpin to evolve it. <laughs> like yeah. a lab experiment. You're going to experiment on this poor chestpin. Right, right. I'm going to keep him locked in a basement and experiment on him and uh, make him <laughs> and fight. You're going to discard him once he grows into a, like a freak. Yeah, a just drive down the road a little bit, open the door, and say get out. <laughs> <laughs> then he'll hop off with his little chestpin suitcase and. Uh, you know, Charles, you um, you didn't like the Fennekin evolution, right? No, the Bryaxis or whatever. Right. Yeah. But one thing this is ironic to me is that like I feel like that evolution should match perfectly with someone who likes Harry Potter. <laughs> Why? Right? Well, maybe it's just the final. Have you seen the final evolution? No. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I haven't looked. I can see that. She does right. have like a little, a little wand, like a yeah. little. She keeps in her tail, and she like whips it out and shoots fire yep. at people. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I think. All right, last... maybe I'll check it out. I mean, I haven't. I just put her in the computer or whatever. Maybe I'll, I'll get her out later. Take her first maybe. roll. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Well, you'll have to update us later. Yeah. I mean, I really like because I had uh, a, a Charizard and a Litleo and a Fennekin, so I was kind of like. I, I felt like I only needed one fire type, so yeah. I, I went with the Litleo, and I haven't really seen what he evolves into yet, so I'm like interested to see that. It's pretty awesome, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he's a cool guy. He's like a, like a sort of like a lion, but also like a teddy bear. And he has like, <laughs> like a like a stripe of oh, yeah. hair yeah. down his forehead. And if, if you're petting him in the um, Pokemon Ami, and you touch his little like mane, it like it burns you. Because, oh, that's hilarious! Because like, it's like it's fire. It's like real fire. <laughs> so when he's wow. Pyroar, that's going to be a bit more uh, challenging to do the petting because yeah. he, his head explodes into like a flaming uh, lion's mane. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of crazy that they so they actually treat uh, in Pokemon. I mean, they actually treat the um, you know things like like a lot of Pokemon have like fire for hair or whatever. And I always. Tail. Right, and I always assumed it was kind of like, you know, like in like Street Fighter, they shoot fireballs, but they don't actually set things on fire. There's kind of like energy. I always yeah. kind of assumed it was like that because then how could you ever ride a uh, Rapidash? 
wouldn't you just singe <laughs> everything? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that should go into the, the bin of things not to think about. Not to think about. <laughs> uh, along with okay. um, Snorlax's excrement. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll make a bin. Put it make in a bin. bin. Um, yeah, so jumping back then, uh, Chespin... Yes. Even though he's kind of weaker now, he you know he is adorable and uh, and he's got Shadow Claw, which is a ghost type, and that's kind of um, yeah, that's kind of been a, a unique mix for him and everything. Uh, then we got Quacklin, who is not that's not the name of the Pokemon. That is well, that is the name of the Pokemon. It's not the Pokemon though. It's a Farfetch'd that you get in an early trade in the game, and uh, so whoever the hell had him before me called him Quacklin, which is kind of funny. Um, he's my false swipe guy. He has flying moves, but I guess he's not eligible for sky battles because he's a normal type. But oh no, he's normal flying, so I don't know why the heck um, that w- they won't allow me to do that. Uh, well, is like in the anime, is Farfetch'd like a flightless bird, or can it? It I probably is more like a flightless bird. I think I can probably teach him fly though. So it really? Yeah, I would think so. I I just got that HM just yesterday, so I haven't tested it out, but. I mean, looking at, at at him in the the game right now, it's normal flying, so there'd be no reason not to. Being able to learn fly would imply the ability of flight. Right. Yeah. Uh, although, I feel like there's a Pokemon or two out there who don't really fly, but can, can fly. I forget which ones they were. I remember that being kind of like a schoolyard discussion back in the day. Uh, anyway... But so I've got uh, Farfetch'd, and then I've also got a Blaziken because I did get that from the uh, lovely folks at Nintendo, mm-hmm. and evolve that. And uh, using Blazikenite to Mega Evolve it, it is just an ass kicker. <laughs> I should probably go to the name raider and, and change its name to Ass Kicker because <laughs> I level forty-eight flamethrower, done deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in a way that almost feels like I'm cheating the system, but. Uh, but eh, whatever. I mean, that's. I'm, I'm not looking at Pokemon games to be, you know, sufficiently challenged in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, how to do the rock paper scissors game. I mean, it is there to be either really easy to do or really hard to do or normal. I mean, you can adjust it to your own desires. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got Lucario, level 36, and uh, I kind of want to get rid of him. I mean, I don't really use him much. He just kind of gets the experience points right now. He's just sitting there. Uh, I've never been a fan of fighting types uh, in terms of using them. I mean, I think Hitmon uh, Lee is actually one of my favorite Pokemon and uh, stuff like that, but I just never end up using him, so mm-hmm. so I wouldn't mind getting rid of him. But, but the steel mixture there is kind of a, a nice touch and uh, it's giving me something new to do. And then, almost like it's Pokemon uh, 1998 again, I'm using Snorlax, level 35 right now, mm-hmm. with Body Slam, Rest, Yawn, and Snore. So uh, hmm. so he's just a sleepy bastard. Yep. Uh, but actually, Snore, I think, if I remember correctly, is uh, is a move that can only be used when you're asleep. And so Snorlax was kind of... He was cool. He was like a tank, but he wasn't that useful in battle, I think, until moves that you could use when you're sleeping came out. Right. Um, so now, you know, it makes sense for me to put him to rest, or maybe, maybe yawn to uh, to put the other Pokemon to rest in two turns. Then I can rest, and then I can snore and still attack him while he's sleeping when I'm sleeping too. So he's kind of got a nice combo there. Got to get that sleep talk. 
you know what, I wonder if that just happened or not. I forget. But, um, what does Sleep Talk do? Uh, it will randomly use any of your other moves while the Pokemon is asleep. Oh, okay, you know what? That's, yeah, I think I did just have the option to choose that, and I chose not to, because uh... I guess while Body Slam works, uh, oh, man, I guess that could have been okay, but, so if that took up a slot, though, then one of them would be rest. I'd already be resting. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess, uh, yawn, I don't necessarily want to put them to sleep. I probably would have already tried that. So then that would have only meant I'd be able to use body slam, which, um, but then it'd be a random occurrence of that happening. So right. in this particular case, I didn't think that I, I would find it too useful. Um, no problem. Snorlax has a pre-evolution in Munchlax, but I wish there was a Snorlax evolution. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe just a fatter one. I don't know. It would just be really funner. You know? <laughs> just... <laughs> It'd be like the size of a house. Yeah, like it would just be funny, or to see him in in the con- or uh, the cartoon, just like uh, every scene with with the huge lax or whatever they would call it, or X lax. How about that? Oh boy! Um, <laughs> now you're getting back to that bin that we weren't. Getting <laughs> I am. I didn't mean to. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'll just end it here. I don't have to go on to that, but but yeah. So that's where uh, where my my roster stands. I'm just before the power plant. Uh, I can see it off in the distance and. I know I want to go there, but I don't know how yet. So that's pretty much it. Um, that was a kind of a longer segment than I meant to, but um, uh, now I guess let's take a turn to just some general topics. You guys can see in the outline that I have there that we have a lot of different things we can discuss. Um, I just go nuts. What do you guys want to talk about first? Let's let a guest pick. Yeah. Well, funny, I have a. I have a similar story regarding the uh, starter Pokemon to, to okay. you guys. Um, like uh, the whole, as soon as they were announced, I was I was picking Cheston. Definitely, that guy just looked like the chipper we do, cute little guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I like the sort of forestry appeal of him. Uh, and then when it came to picking, like as soon as I laid eyes on that little uh, Froki, he sort of looked a bit. Cross-eyed as well. It was uh, very endearing, and I just couldn't resist. Picked him, called him Bullseye. He's been best mates ever since. <laughs> nice. No. You guys are making me want to go out and find a Froki someplace. <laughs> you know, talk to a uh, Pokey freak and have him breed you one. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. he'd be uh, willing to do that for you. Can you catch the? I mean, if they're starters, does that mean they're uncatchable, or can you find them in the wild? No, they never happen in the wild. Yeah, that's yeah. part of the Pokemon design, is that the, the starters are limited to the one. Which made things very dire back in the day. Before but online again, trading. Right. And that's... Yeah. And it'd be one thing if the females were more readily available, but since they're not, you really gotta wait for a ditto. And then... But then you can just breed them. Yeah. Charles, someone gave me a Froki level one uh, in Wonder Pass, so if you want, I can send them your way. Oh yeah, definitely. That'd be amazing. Mega World Podcast, making connections. I love awesome. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, got a Froki. All right. Woo! <laughs> Froked so, up is what. Chespin's in my Pokédex, but Froki isn't. I wonder why that is. I guess because I battled a Chespin at some point, right, probably. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. Yeah, uh, Oh, you know, that's an interesting note about this game versus previous games. Um, ah, yes. So you, uh, so say that again, uh, for us, Charles. What you just said. Yeah, I have a, I have a chest in my Pokédex, but I don't have one. 
And and, so that, and what you chose was Fennekin. Yeah. So fire is strong against grass. And so you chose the fire and your your opponent chose grass. Every other game before this one, the you know, your rival or whatever chooses the one strong against you as opposed yeah. to weak against you. So when I when that happened to me, I was like, really? Okay. Yeah. Somebody yep. hasn't been learning about Pokemon. <laughs> uh, interesting. So that's just another example of uh, of probably the main theme of the general discussion we'll have here is that this game is streamlined to yeah. to not you know pick on you I guess mm-hmm. um, not that it was that hard I mean when when you get that even first when Pokemon the, even when they took the stronger Pokemon they'd always just be like tackle tail whip yeah <laughs> yeah and and yeah. and it's not like they have um, moves that are type based really by that point um, even even when you get that first battle after the fact. Maybe you might have, like, Bubble if you have the water Pokemon, but they may not have Ember uh, in their fire Pokemon. So um, it never really was an issue until later. And then if you're yeah. if you're leveling that Pokemon up enough, then it really never became an issue. But the flat-out just give you uh, the weaker opponent is kind of an interesting choice. And yeah. clearly a, a specific one. It's not like it was an accident. No. Um, when that happened, I thought that maybe... What would happen is you would get a second rival that would that would take the stronger one, but uh, since you're further in the game, obviously that is not the case. No, um, this this game was kind of interesting because there's so many people you talk to at the beginning. Right, there's exactly. like five yeah. friends or something. One of yeah. them's just like an Overeaters Anonymous, and um, <laughs> then one's kind of like a, I think a nerdy chick or something like that, nerdy woman. I think it's a guy, is the a red guy? haired, oh. the orange haired one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Guy. Looks like a girl, but <laughs> is a guy, I believe. And uh, and then you have, well, I guess, well, we probably all chose a male for our starter uh, character. Um, and uh, so I don't know if that changes if you're a female playing the game, but uh, you know we have that the blonde woman, blonde girl, who's kind of our our key antagonist, but also our friend. Mm-hmm. There's been a real move towards making your rivals also your friends. In the, mm-hmm. As the Pokemon game has gone on, because in the first one, you're fighting Red, who's like right. just this angsty dude who just hates your guts pretty much. What a dick. Yeah. Even though you killed his Raticate. Yeah, I never uh, even really, since this is my first game, I never really uh, identified them as rivals. It wasn't like, oh, those guys are my rivals. Yeah. yeah. And that's you know, it. I was like, oh, they're my friends, and we also battle against each other for practice. Right. Right. <laughs> well, and that's how they're, they're trying to design it now. Before yeah. it was definitely more like uh, your classic RPG angsty uh, antagonism, but but now it is more like, hey everybody, let's you know, let's yeah. chew bubble gum I mean, and I'm, fight Pokemon. I'm assuming I'm not that far into the game yet, but I was assuming there would be some kind of like Team Rocket element pop up at some point, which are your real like the antagonist, like the villain. Right. Yeah. And this game uh, does kind of delay that story portion later than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story usually kicks in right away. With previous games, but this one, I remember, um, maybe after the second badge, I started really actually, you know, getting involved with the the main antagonist, and I'm now four badges in, and I'm still not even sure what they're doing. Yeah. Like, well, when you first get to the main city, they introduce you to a lot of characters, like a lot of adult characters, and, and kind of there's something going on, but you don't really know what it is, and it's like kind of, the story's kind of confusing, like, you, they, you have to go to the cafe and talk to some people, and I think that's purely there to like, get you involved in some kind of like conspiracy or story, but talk to from people and it's like, ah, I don't know what's going on here. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go back to the grass and catch some more Pokemon. Yep. 
Yeah, and since then, too, you're, you'll find yourself walking into rooms where people are like, oh, okay, well, we'll stop talking now. And then someone leaves, and it's just like, well, what was that about? They yeah. constantly toy with something going on, but even four badges in, I'm not uh, too sure what's going on. Um, Connor, can you tell us at six badges if the story is really finally picked up or not? It hasn't, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> really? Huh. So wow. So there, there's not much of a story at all in this game. It seems like. Yeah, that's interesting because I heard, um, I listened to a Pokemon podcast, and they were all saying that um, that they, that in this game it starts off very slowly, but that it becomes what they felt was the best plot up till now. And I maybe no plot is the best plot. You know, it it could be, it could be because I this group, um, though they don't, um, I don't think they sugarcoat things, even though they're super huge Pokemon fans. But I do think they might be the kind of gamer who appreciates when the story is sort of, you know, not in the forefront. So that could that could be it. I am not far enough to uh, to continue to say more, but uh, considering past games have involved like affecting weather and controlling weather with Pokemon. You would think that they would continue to try to kind of uh, over not overdo it, but just uh, outdo themselves. Yeah, yeah, and that would be a mistake. It might be something like that, Stephen. When you get to the power plant, it might be a little something like that going on. Okay. Uh, This Voltorb is everywhere. Because in the the original games, uh, there's a power plant, and um, and you just fight a lot of Voltorbs. But. uh, Huh, okay, so I am close to a, a point uh, for some story. And like uh, I guess, Joe, since you have more experience with the series, do you feel like personally you need a good story in this, or, or do you enjoy just kind of going around, you know, battling um, and collecting? You know, I actually, for as much as I love story in games, I've never actually felt that the Pokemon games, uh, like I can't really think of, of one of them that I've played where I was like, oh man, that that epic you know narrative is going to be burned into my brain forever it's always just kind of it it kind of at best is like quirky you know like oh this group is going to try to take over the world with pokemon and oh they fail what a surprise but it never really gets more interesting than Mm -hmm. that um i actually kind of in the black two white two probably one of my favorite uh, plot devices ever was that your rival was just like this really virtuous guy out to get back his sister's um purloin or something so like like that kind of like i guess more uh like narrow scope like i prefer that kind of plot device versus like oh they're trying to take over the world by creating the most powerful pokemon ever you know um so I liked that, and and if this game is is maybe more down to earth, then then that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I wish it would go back to maybe this is just nostalgia talking, but the uh, the original games, um, both Red and Blue, and then also Gold and Silver, I liked their plots quite a bit. I, I'm sure I'm forgetting tons of little aspects of them, but I remember in in Red and Blue, again the arrival's pretty clear cut. Um, I guess the the aftermath of kind of figuring out if maybe you were killing his Raticate and he was putting it to rest like all that kind of lore kind of adds mm-hmm. to it in, in a way that I think would be beneficial to have 
in uh, in future games. But uh, the whole Giovanni being you know the eighth gym boss or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but also kind of having a, a bigger role in what was it exactly like a um, almost like a mafia ring type thing, right? Of, like he, he like he controlled Team Rocket. Didn't he? Yeah. He, was, he was a big, the big guy. Yeah. So for it to culminate like that uh, was pretty cool. And then was he related to Red at all? Um, confusing that. Misconfusing. Red. No. No. Okay. So he was just a separate thing. Um, I'm confused. One of his, he does have a. Maybe it's one of your rivals. Maybe in the second game or something. I'm getting it all confused right now. But his, I think, son is in, is in the Pokemon lore somewhere. But, Giovanni's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I'm, I'm probably just mixing them together. I mean, there's a lot of games that have happened since 1998, and yeah. uh, a lot of stories. So, obviously, I'm not that prepared for that. But uh, I think Blue is like Professor Oak's grandson, and God, yeah, someone else is uh, Giovanni's son. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, I just like the simplicity and yet seriousness of that. Gold and silver. I remember there's that slowpoke tail ring where they're trying to to get the slowpoke tails, which is just kind of sick. Yeah, a little bit weird. Yeah, but just that seems like a real thing that would happen in the Pokemon world to me. That they would try mm-hmm. to. I mean, just like it's like elephant tusks for Pokemon, and uh, and so I don't know that those kind of simple stories I think are great, and if they can build those in a good way, I think the dramatic narrative is something that Pokemon games should have. I think that the fact that it's kind of lacking here, it's just not uh, structured, is kind of disappointing. Because at this point, I'm not sure why my character is really going around collecting things. I mean, uh, Pokemon and other other items. The only thing that's really kept it all together was the whole... Uh, that professor wanting me to learn about Mega Evolution. But mm-hmm. why why are you sending a kid to go learn about Mega Evolution? You know, and why, why is he so special that he gets the bracelet and that he gets... <laughs> to uh, to you know, be able to have the power to do that. It doesn't feel. It feels like a grandiose idea, but it's not executed in a grandiose way. Uh-huh. So it just feels kind of flat to me. Yeah. Well, and I don't I don't blame you for any of this. And this uh, you know, it's obviously your personal preference. But uh, you got to be careful about questioning things like that because because then you know, like why would a parent just let their child of what you're supposed to be like twelve or something? Just leave. Well, like that's the, the house. That's and... the basic uh, suspension of disbelief that I can stick with because that's yeah, how okay. the series started with. And um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess you're right. You can argue that for anything. Why would he get involved? With, or why would um, you know, Pokemon or ah, Blue? I guess is his name. The the main character from the first games. Why would he mm-hmm. get involved with Giovanni? And and what, why would it become that big? Or Mewtwo? The whole thing. Um, yeah, it's. It, I feel like it's a lot like uh, it's like Wind Waker. Why are you ten years old and you're like fighting these giant like dragons and, <laughs> and stuff? It's like there's no one else in this entire world is, who's an adult <laughs> who's, like knows how to fight with a sword or something. Right. It's, like, it's really really funny. But, yeah, and I guess to try to uh, to try and relate to that that uh, metaphor, I, I'm okay with Link trying to fight you know all these crazy monsters and and going sailing and everything, but if he was just going sailing so he could learn about different sails, I'd be like, this is boring. Yeah. Like, totally. you know, go into the temple to find the the sail that makes you float three inches off the water. You know, like, okay, good, that's great. 
or to yeah. have the mega sail so your boat looks more like a pirate ship. You know, you're, just yeah. be... just, you're pretty clearly saving the world in, yeah. in, all, in all the Zelda games, even if the story is kind of incidental and it doesn't really matter because you're still just going around collecting pieces of triforce or whatever until you get to the final dungeon. But yeah, but yeah it's, nice to, it's nice to know you're saving the world. You're the man. You're the hero. Yeah, and so I don't feel like that's going on so much in this. Uh, do you guys wish there was more um, more of a story, or are you guys content, uh, Charles? I mean, and- I'm cool with it. I'm viewing it sort of like an almost like an open world game, sort of like Elder Scrolls or something. It's like the main stories are never the like the fun thing about that. It's just kind of like going around and, and discovering new places and seeing the new towns and like meeting all the NPCs and like. So I'm kind of enjoying it just from that level. I, I like the fact that it's sort of, I know that there's definitely like, it's guiding me through the world in a certain way. Like I have to go through certain you know, checkpoints, but every time you go someplace, you can always go back to where you've been and eventually you'll be able to just go anywhere. So I kind of was just looking at it that way. It's just like, I just want to like explore and like open up new parts of the world and like find new stuff. So I'm yeah. sad. Where I am at the moment, you know, I'm, I'm about 30 hours in and I have to say it's getting a, Getting a little bit bland, you know, it doesn't feel like there's a lot more. Oh, you know, the towns are, they, they change it up, you know, whether there's snow falling or you're in the mountains, you know, it's a different scenario, but they're all much of a muchness, aren't they? You know, and, and all the people you talk to, you're, they don't really offer you much. I have to say, it's still a little bit empty to me at this stage, you know, I, I was mad about it at the start, you know, for absolutely, um, just add up hours and hours and hours of my time, but now that I'm actually, starting to repeat itself a lot and I don't know, I just feel like the plot and the world feel a wee bit empty to me at the minute. I will say that one criticism I've always had of the Pokemon games is that I wish that in a game where you know, you do have all of this um, yeah, as you said, Charles, there's sort of like this open world feel to it. You know, you feel, and you're supposed to feel like you're kind of determining your own adventure and going out on your own adventure but yeah. i feel like <laughs> like you are maybe the only one on the planet who wants like cares about anything <laughs> like everyone else is just like i like this berry that i pick <laughs> and that's it, you know well there like, are there are a lot of kids like with their pokemon in their houses saying you know oh look how cute well, he is and that's it what i'm what i'm getting at is and it kind of has to do with like I would categorize it as as like side missions I feel there's not like a lot of RPGs especially big RPGs they really kind of will um rest on on the side missions to like to let you sort of determine like what are you interested in like do you want to save this farmer or something you know uh and I guess it, it doesn't need to be a side mission in the sense of like oh this big structured thing with like a list of subquests and stuff I don't need that but what would be cool is if, like, when you went into a random house, someone would maybe say, like, I don't know, like, oh, there's this, you know, could you go, uh, like, I, I'm having a problem with absols around my house. Could you go, you know, knock out ten of them for me? I don't know. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, just like something, just something to make it look, to make it feel like you were interacting more with these yeah. people. Because, honestly... You know, in in most Pokemon games, when I get to a new town, I'm excited for say like the gym and maybe some new items or something. But I'm a little depressed at like I feel like I have to talk to everyone, and I know they're not going to really say anything worth reading, and it's kind of depressing because I go through 
And I just yeah. know I'm just going to be hammering on that B button. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Well, so people I just, speak in non sequiturs. They just say hilarious things. Like, hey, you know, I don't really care about owning stuff, but I sure would like a new stove or something. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. okay, just, <laughs> like, and also you just walk into their house and they're like, not, hey, who are you? They're just nope. like, they're just like, come on into my house. Like, they don't even like, like react to the fact that you're just like, you know, barging in. It's funny. You know, maybe we're identifying a place where the Pokemon series really does need to evolve because mm-hmm. the, that, that stuff worked when it was a pixel art little thing and uh, at the beginning and you had a small screen and you couldn't even, you know, you can have these people doing much with their lives anyway. The, the system just wouldn't handle it. But now they can be. Right. Um, and why, why, do you, why can't you run across maybe instead of, you know, the bug catcher who's just standing there staring at a tree until you show up, how about you have characters who are trying to do exactly what you're doing, but uh, and you battle once and then they, you never see them again. But they say, "Hey, you know, good luck to you" or something like that. If if you if you right. beat them or whatever, or yeah. or they get you know give you crap and say, "Man, uh, you should probably just go home now because I just kicked your ass." You know, um, make make the emotional entanglements between the the characters more meaningful for sure. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because like you play a Final Fantasy game and you know every now and then you'll run into. You know, there'd be someone in a house who, it's like, you'll hear a story of like, oh, you know, my husband died in the mines, and now, you know, I wish I could just get this one crystal that would remind me of him from his times as a miner or something. You know, like, you, you might get something like that, like, once per game, and as you were talking about, Stephen, like, sometimes you can sort of fill in the blanks, like, there's there's little hints that there might be some sort of, you know, a character with, a, with more of a, a backstory, but... Uh, I wish they were just a little bit more um, frequent and certainly more overt. Yeah, like maybe some middle ground, and probably very middle, because I wouldn't want it to go all the way to the spectrum, nope. but nope. Uh, nope. between Pokemon and Xenoblade. Mm. You know, Xenoblade's mm-hmm. got that huge you know, quest system, and right. uh, you don't right, have to right. do everything, but maybe um, certain Pokemon you can only get by doing a quest, because you're only yeah. in that area for that. Yeah. I think uh, Dragon Quest Nine is a good example that they had a really good um, side quest system. Like every town you'd go into, you'd meet like um, NPCs that were like, uh, you know, unique and they would have like a story yeah. and, they, and you could do something. It was totally optional. You didn't have to do yep. it, but if you did it, you'd get a little reward. And it was just like, it, it didn't make it feel like more of a fl- uh, fleshed out world. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think that would be the, the middle ground Stephen was just talking about. I think that would probably be the way to, to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe with the, the next one. Because I feel like uh, it, it's good that they don't focus maybe so much on some crazy story about uh, you know changing the weather and and all that stuff, but they shouldn't get rid of it altogether or and, and just rely on a Team Rocket looking guy, and then <laughs> and then that's it. Because that's all I've seen so far: are these guys in like red jazz pants with shades. Team Flare. Yeah, Team Flare. Like I I don't even know why they're themed that way right now because nothing <laughs> has happened. You know, right. I I wish that there was more of a reason. Team Rocket was really a, a distilled, well-done um, antagonist, I think. Yeah. And it's not just nostalgia, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. I have to say, uh, being uh, as old, oh, Team Flair have uh, red hair, yeah. and coming from Ireland, I have to <laughs> say that that's tantamount to racism. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an anti-Irish game. Yeah, or Scottish, you know, either or way. Scottish, yeah. Well, this region is supposed to be based on Europe, right? So yeah, based on um, kind of France, uh, kind of French, mostly but, France. Um, hmm. 
That's very you, interesting. You can't trust gingers. That's the moral of the story. Yes, <laughs> I guess so. Hey, um, going back to uh, something someone said about uh, the fact that it's an open world game. Um, what the thing that takes me out of that open world is the way your character moves. Like, I had no idea it was going to be on that uh, grid based system. You know, when you tap the D pad, you just take one square forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I honestly, that mm, I was sort of hoping for like a Animal Crossing style. He's able just to run around. You can run in right, circles. Right, where the grid exists, but you're not really on it. Yeah, Animal oh, Crossing, you definitely can only plant within the you know flowers within the squares, but you can run however the hell you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just feel like the control that, that apart from I have to say the uh, the rollerblades work very well for me. I really it's like awesome. them. Yeah. But uh, see, just when you're walking, that bugs me. Yeah, and you know that's that's a really interesting point you bring up because that has been changed from all previous games in in the series. Now you're on a eight directional movement system, um, and the rollerblades obviously prove that you can move more freely than ever before. But honestly, I'm having a little trouble with the the blades because they're definitely less accurate because you're still using that grid system. Um, I'm constantly overshooting and and having to remind myself to use the D-pad to get the skates off and actually move and adjust where I'm at. Um, It's, you know, I guess it's a good, it was a good idea, but maybe they didn't implement it correctly. And and the real question is, why do we need the grid-based system anymore? Because uh, you could still have a Pokeball hidden at the very edge of something, and you don't need to have right. it in the exact grid. Pretty much every every area of previous Pokemon games, you'd have random battles. You go into a cave, you have random battles. You go outside in the grass, random battles. Well, now they do things a little bit differently in certain areas. Or like in a cave, instead of it being random battles per se, you can kind of almost foresee when a battle might occur. Like the cave will be really dark, and then you know oh, that you yeah. enter there. You'll you'll have a battle, and then it'll light up part of it. Um, and and again, not like it's going to ruin your experience, but right now, right in front of the power plant, um, kind of like in the black and uh, white series, there's a lot of dirt. It almost feels like a construction zone, but it's not construction. But it's just kind of like a desert section of the world. You know, it's in every Pokemon game. But now you can see what almost look like little tad well not tadpoles, but little frogs like crawling underneath the ground. You just see a shadow, and if you run into one, then it's a battle. So they don't have random battles anymore in in that sense. It's almost like Zelda 2, where you can see the shadow. And right. uh, this happens in certain areas. Of course, in the grass, it's still normal. But, uh, um, so, why, okay, I brought that up. I have to remember why I brought that up in relation to what you guys were just saying. Um, uh, Something about how... Oh, did you remember it? Well, not, not really. Um, but, I mean, so we have this freedom of movement, and yet these... These characters, uh, that, like the digging Pokemon, he still moves in squares. Mm. He he'll never come diagonally right at you. You know, it just right. it just seems weird that some things like that, which is is an improvement, but also ends up being stuck in an archaic uh, grid-based system. And and all the landscape is is not really organic, even though they've done a lot to improve how it looks. It doesn't feel that organic because every cliff or edge is so you know squared mm. off and everything. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. So um, uh, I don't know if it was lack of development time or if these these creators really don't feel the need to do that yet. Eh, they probably just. I get the sense with Nintendo in general, and certainly with a big successful franchise like Pokemon. I think they always are just, you know, incremental changes. I think is their is their motto because they don't, 
you know, they don't want to scare people off. People, people have shown too many times, as many times they ask for big changes, that when you give them big changes, they're like, this is not the big change I asked for. So <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess but I will say, like I'm, I, I do not like the, um, the rollerblades. I, as you were saying about overshooting stuff, like I kind of feel like I'm just like I, I start moving with the rollerblades and it's just like, whoa, where am I? Like Jane, get me off this crazy thing. It, um, it's better in some areas than others, depending on where the camera sits and everything. But well, so one thing I looked up that really helps, and you probably just, you've all probably discovered this. Uh, on your own, but when you use the dousing machine, you um, you get that freedom of movement that you get with the um, circle pad, and you can still hold B to run, <clears throat> but it's just not you, you're just you're just slower. Interesting. So you, yeah. So you, so basically, I just have the dousing machine set to Y, and pretty much any time I'm going to be moving for an extended period of time, I just have the dousing machine out, and I and then it's like perfect. Then it's like the best of both worlds because you get the movement in the eight directions but the speed and momentum is manageable and then you get to uh find items of course yeah which is kind of i mean even in the past games i would tend to have the dousing like on the polka app or whatever i would tend to have it out all the time anyway so works all right for me i actually really like the rollerblades I was thinking, like, man, I want this like in every like JRPG from now on. <laughs> it's you move so fast, it's like so cool. That's that actually is kind of one of the things. You know how like when you watch um like speedruns of Zelda and they're rolling everywhere, yeah, or they're running backwards or something because it's like a little <laughs> bit faster. It's just like yeah, it's uh, get rid of all that. You just you know, yeah. rollerblades. Everybody, come on. Doesn't matter if it's medieval or like fantasy. Just rollerblades. <laughs> You know, I would uh, I would encourage you guys to go back and play previous games in the series, especially the like original first two generations. But one thing that you might have a hard time going to is kind of that uh, grid-based and slow-moving um, gameplay. There's, I think, in, since the first game, there is a bicycle, which kind of is the rollerblades of yesteryear. But uh, yeah, but right. you're you're actually still locked into the grid there, so it you know you got a zigzag. Uh, with speed, which actually isn't really the best way to to zigzag when you're trying to be uh, navigating through different uh, parts of the world. So that might be a little bit of a, you know, an interesting hurdle to get over. Yeah, there's a little bit of like, um, not jankiness, but just kind of, it's like a little stiff in the way you, like the way you talk to NPCs. You kind of have to be standing in the right grid spot and facing in the right direction. Right. You don't automatically kind of like, they don't look at you and like, and like lock into you, they they might actually turn away from you, and you have to walk around them. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's just like there's a lot of little things like that could, that, that could be streamlined. But I I just kind of assume that was like they're making this big jump from like 2D to 3D, and they did a pretty spectacular job in most areas. But it's a little bit rough, and you know that's okay yeah. for their first their first foray. Yeah, it's growing pains. Yeah. Yep. How do you guys feel about riding Pokemon? Um, oh. I haven't done. So I don't know. No comment. <laughs> well, you had didn't you have to do it to uh, the little the Rhyhorn to get to the uh, glittering cave or whatever? Yep. I don't think. I, I, I don't yeah, think worst controls ever. Uh, <laughs> worst controls ever. That thing riding those Rhy Rhyhorn in the rocky. Yeah. Point. Oh my god, that was murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You're not being um, 
You're really not being over-exaggerated. That guy, he was like moonwalking and going in the wrong direction. And it was just <laughs> Now, I don't disagree. You're absolutely right. But isn't that on purpose? I mean, like, that beast is is well, supposed to be the opposite of nimble. Right? But but at the same time, that's, you know, you're, you're not really experiencing too, too that for real. You're playing yeah. a video game, and you do you don't want things that are slow down the pace, right. and and they are limited sections. So I didn't really have too big of a problem with them, but uh, just the fact that he has to like shift over in the same exact way every time. I actually boxed myself into a point where I had to get back on him to shift him over some more because oh. you couldn't get past him onto the staircase where I had planted him, and um, it's like he's a an, an awkward dune buggy or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't as organic of a experience as I as I would think. But I do appreciate, I guess, the attempt. Sure. And um, there's a, uh, I mean that, that. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a couple times already that I can experience, uh, remember, um, where this is an, a necessity to get through a section. So to get to that cave, you have to go by Rhyhorn. And uh, later on, there's another section where you, I forget what the hell else it was, but you ride something else. And uh, I don't know if you can even, or no, you can dismount. And, and move around, but you actually need it to get over uh, a certain type of obstacle. So mm. I'm not sure, you know, exactly how much that does add to the game, but it adds something. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's better than just literally walking everywhere. Uh, you know, we, we've kind of strayed from this one thing that I definitely want to bring up, because it's arguably the biggest change in the Pokemon series so far, and even though you guys... Uh, are new to the series, you you might have something to say about it. So, Mega Evolution. It's uh, it it's it's essentially a fourth evolution, but not something that that <laughs> sticks, you know. So, Joe, let's get your opinion really quick here uh, as a long-standing fan of the series, and then I want to hear uh, you know what Connor and Charles have to say about it. Okay, this is not going to take long because, like I said, I have not actually been able to use that yet. So well, I, I only know from, I can only speak out from a hypothetical. Using well, way. using it doesn't. Well, I guess that'll be something that I can add or, or the other guys can add. But using it doesn't really add much to the experience. It's more no. about the concept, and and you can surely can speak on that. Is it really just what it sounds like? It's just a more powerful version, and that's not. Yep. Really, too much more to it. Yeah. And you okay, can activate well, it. You can activate it. Uh, only on one Pokemon per battle, so if you you know if I activated my Blastoise um, Mega Evolution, I couldn't go to Blaziken in the same right. battle, like a boss ba- or a gym sure. battle or something. But um, but it doesn't even take an extra turn to use. You just flip the switch. Uh, so the only thing it really does is add some animation time to your battle. Mm-hmm. Well, my my only uh, my only opinion on it beyond that is just goes back to my. Uh, Minor OCD that we've mentioned on the podcast several times, but uh, I just there's just something that bothers my OCD about having like an evolution that isn't permanent. You know what I mean? Like I like to have I like to be able to like look at my evolutionary lines and and as I you know prove with the living decks like literally have one of each. Um, but but this sort of breaks that. This is sort of like. This is sort of like the sometimes evolution, and there's just there's just some I just have some weird mental issue where I that just doesn't make me comfortable. That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> so, 
So that's pretty much my only real Mega Evolution opinion is that uh, it just seems I don't know it just just kind of bothers me. It's just it's like a I don't know it's uncomfortable. Kind of are you trying to say something? Oh, I was just gonna say you reminded me that um, it doesn't actually take one of your goes. You can actually Mega Evolve and then take a go, uh, make a move. You know? Yeah. I I haven't used it in. I don't know, so long, because in my head I thought it could use one of your goes. So, but to be honest, I haven't needed it, um, and I just haven't seen the point of it yet. <laughs> Not necessary. Charles, you have the same experience? Um, you know, I don't, I don't have much an opinion of it, because I, I don't really, like, uh, have that ex- experience of having it the way it was before. You right. know? Okay, so, so, so it feels pretty normal to you, then. Yeah, it's just a it's just a thing that's that's in the game that like if somebody told me it always been there, I would have thought that it was always there. And, like, and so then, uh, so you're okay with it being only something that a third evolution could do? You don't think that maybe, uh, you know, Fennekin or something could have its own mega evolution offshoot? Like, does that seem weird to you at all to think that? No, no, I think it's okay. So, I guess what I'm getting as is kind of like what Joe's feeling is is just why why not make a fourth well I mean clearly it was a way for them to evolve Pokemon without actually having to make a fourth chain um, right and and I don't know if that I, I've been trying to wrap my brain around why why that that even happened you know what mm. what does it really serve to do that um, the Pokemon thought, are, sorry I just thought they needed another they needed a gimmick right they needed like another something to say like this is so the G word. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of disappointing to me. Yeah. Um, cause there are a lot of other Pokemon that, that really could use evolutions and, um, I guess, well, right. I guess that's also objective because, or subjective because, uh, you know, many, many people may not think that Snorlax needs an evolution, but I think it'd be cool. Um, if you want to go as far as making sure that everyone had an evolution eventually, uh, then there's some room for improvement there. And so it just seems weird to, to give Blastoise or Charizard, who are already just, they, they're mega Pokemon themselves, they have been since day one, to give them another evolution, or Mewtwo, which, you know, we, we all learned uh, through the news that um, that Mewtwo form we saw was not actually a new Pokemon, which I would have loved and preferred. Uh, it would have maybe added to the lore of the whole species and the whole all the games. But, uh, but no, it's just a special stone, another stone. Mm. You know, and- I, do, I do think the... Uh- the G word is probably apt in this case, um, but I I also think that it was it's like a it's like a gimmick mixed with I feel like somewhere at the Pokemon Design Studios like almost like like fan art or something that they're like the artists have just been doodling like this super awesome Blastoise and then eventually they're just like fuck it let's put these in the game <laughs> you know yeah. But with all the stones and, and plates and everything, I, I guess I'd rather them just make a, you know, a, an attachable plate to make them look different. Yeah. You know, um, because so far in my experience, well, I guess this is good for people who are trying to get to the game. When you mega evolve, you you are even stronger than you already are, and since you can only mega evolve at that level, you're going from great to greater. You're not going from weak to greater. It doesn't really right, add too right. much. Yeah, I mean, especially if you have a type advantage, then, then I don't know. I, I mean, 
Connor just said that uh, that you know he hasn't found a need for it. No. Yeah. And so that to me is almost a failure in execution or executor. You know, you know what I think would have been awesome would have been if they had approached it, and this would uh, eliminate the gimmick uh, angle. So I guess they you know would never want to do this, but like you know how um, Mega Charizard like looks like like looks all black and stuff mm-hmm. instead of uh right now does it not also change typing i don't think it does oh no no okay i mean well so i said look that up oh all right well what i think would have been really cool would have been uh to have these mega evolutions not be like a pseudo fourth level but instead be just a branch of the third level so you could make you could evolve your war turtle into either Blastoise or whatever you know new Blastoise is. Of course, you would have to make the stats even. It would just be like a different version. Like maybe they have a different typing. You would be than pulling the Eevee. Kind of, yeah, kinda, a little bit. And yeah. I, I would dig that because, like I said, with Azumarill, I love the fact that that's like like a Pikachu, but it's a water type. Mm. And uh, so to kind of expand on that would be really cool. Yeah. What if what if Blastoise uh, or Mega Blastoise or whatever its name is um, would shoot fire? Then you know it could be almost the opposite. You know you could play with yeah. the typing like that. Right. There so he's got the big really yeah. creative things they could do with that. Well, now I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've ruined a lot of things for you over the, the <laughs> time we've been doing this job. <laughs> you know I naturally don't have a highly like critical. Mine, oh, especially me, when it comes I. to games. Yeah. But then, yeah, I know. But then it's like we talk through these things, and then I'm eventually I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. And the thing is, we don't talk about these things off off air, so we always oh. end up like, coming to these epiphanies and yep. then hating things live. Yep. We need another depression cast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, there's a lot of creativity to be, to be tapped, and, and all this really does feel like is yet another stats boost. Uh,. And then, you know, with Blastoise, he goes from two cannons to one central one and then some hand cannons. So he's like Spider-Man now. He can, <laughs> you know, shoot things out of there. And um, looking at the stats right now, between the characters, uh, is possibly something kind of fascinating. So I'm looking at the Blastoise, and his HP doesn't even change. The, the, well, I guess maybe that can't, because, uh, you know, you'd be gaining HP in mid-battle. But... Yeah, the attack goes from 83 to 103, defense 100 to 120, so it really is just a stats boost, and doesn't seem like it really adds much, so I guess it is, to me, it's just a gimmick, and yeah. and like you were just saying, uh, an off, like a, a branch at the second level to a, to a new third level would have been much cooler. Um, yeah, like, and as you were saying, like a chance to then make it like really a radical difference, like like all of a sudden... Fire type, or I don't know if you need to go that extreme, but just you know some tweak because they usually even with the third evolution, you'll gain like a second typing sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be that much of a stretch, but yeah. Well, now do you think there's room for the next game to do this and drop Mega Evolution uh, all over and just make that happen? Maybe I th- you'd have. I think maybe if you undid it, if you could just be like, you would say you could keep the stones, but then have the stone be what you would use on the second to evolve yeah right yeah like maybe uh 
you know, maybe everyone loved the Pokemon so much that the whole world just had that feeling, and and you didn't need the bracelet anymore. You know, yeah. Maybe hopefully yeah. that's at the end of this game, but uh, that'd be awesome. And I, I don't, I wouldn't think. I mean, it's probably, it's probably not going to happen. But uh, I do think the Pokemon series would be capable of things like that because they do add and remove features. I mean, they do <laughs> remove features sometimes, or maybe features isn't the right word, but they remove aspects yeah um so and i guess maybe our guests wouldn't wouldn't know having not you know played them all over time but um you know just little things like uh like uh not having the pokemon follow behind you which was a thing that people were over the moon about in heart gold and soul silver Mm -hmm. um just things like that i get the sense in this game that there's no weather that there's no like seasons right yep um and i'm not i haven't tried the uh the like the web portal stuff but is there even still dream world this time around i can't speak on that can you guys like uh, uh the pss stuff the well the dream world joe explain that to us really quick what the dream, dream world was about dream world in generation 5 was a was kind of a weird and kind of a fun thing where you would like in your game in your actual ds game you would quote unquote put a Pokemon to sleep and then they would dream. And then you would go to your web browser on your computer of choice and you would access this part of the Pokemon website where your Pokemon would be dreaming and you're like playing out their dreams. And it was another way to get more items and you could catch Pokemon that were either not in the game or more difficult to get in the game. And then after you're done with the browser version, you kind of then send that data back to your game and wake up your Pokemon and then you get that stuff. So point is there was a whole there was this whole outside of holding your DS part of the game that you literally just played online on your computer. And I don't get the sense that any of that has returned this time no. around. So I, I mean so I, I feel think... like I mean as a first time player, I feel like there's already too much stuff. Yeah. Like, in my, I was thinking, oh, this is because there's, like, you know, been a million iterations of this game, and every time they add, like, a little thing, like, like the Pokemon, like, daycare center or whatever, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, these things were probably new at some point, and they just, uh, you know, for reasons of just um, continuity, they just keep all this stuff. But now there's, like, I feel like there's just, like, a million, it's, like, as a, it's a little overwhelming as a new player. It's just, like, all the different systems and different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And something like, like the the daycare, I think, is essential for breeding, and that's become a really important part. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad that they didn't bring back the movie studio. Um, yeah. Although there, there's always some form of it where you get to dress up your Pokemon and do stupid stuff. Uh, well, you do the trainer video right now, yep. which is which is pretty cool. Yep. But totally bizarre. <laughs> yep. I haven't dabbled in that, so I'm not really familiar. Totally bizarre, but I think it is an upgrade. The movie studio was stupid. Yeah. Um, hmm. And I love dicking around in games, but the movie studio was not my... Yeah, Charles, it sounds like you're spending a lot of time with the uh, Pokemon Ami. Is that right? Yeah. Um, not a lot, but a little. Like, I, I like it. Uh, I'm just trying to get... I, I don't even know if I'm, doing, if I'm going about this the right way, but I've been trying to get my Litleo to evolve. So, like, every day, like, I play, like, I pet him, and I play a game with him, and I feed him a bunch of pups... And so far, he hasn't evolved, but <laughs> um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Does that yeah. one evolve on friendliness? I don't know. Oh, 
Okay. I'm just I'm going all you know. I've been trying everything. I just nice. figure it's like they they those little status up, updates pop up and it's just like you guys are really close. You guys are best friends. Oh. And I'm like, I, I assume it's got to help. You know, it's like everything has to. <laughs> this Pokemon in. wants to move in with you. Yeah. This, this Pokemon wants to take your relationship to the next level. <laughs> yeah. Pokemon starts eating your food and not chipping <laughs> in for uh, groceries. Yeah. I and also like, you know how you have to have like the bottom screen designated a certain thing? I actually, mm -hmm. that one annoys me the least. I don't like having the, the PSS default one down there. Mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm usually not online, so everything's grayed out. It just kind of serves no purpose. <laughs> but if you have the the monomia up it's kind of funny because you're like if you run left your little pokemon's all like tumble to the right like right. It's, it's, you know it's, little, it's like watch them down there like being thrown around as i'm as i'm rollerblading all over the place it is really surprising that there's no dedicated map down there um, yeah, that's a huge mistake i think like a missed opportunity i would that would change everything for me even when you're in some buildings like i get confused yep. like yep. Some, some of the larger and i understand too you don't necessarily need to know what route you're on, you know, you don't need to know where you are in relation to everything else. At any really given moment, it doesn't really relate to what's happening where you're at, but it would still be nice to see how you're progressing, getting closer to like a big, you know, hub or something, or, or, uh, for planning out where you have to go to, uh, to catch Pokemon. It might be yeah. nice to have that right. just easily accessible. It's, it's like an archaic design choice that someone made a long time ago that was awesome and they're still not using it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, sometimes it's not necessary, it's obviously not necessary to have the map down there. I, I just think it would be like fun and interesting and helpful. And I'm a big fan of maps, even if they're kind of overkill. And I just like to see, like, you know. Well, they right. could take it further and, and actually allow you to click on a route and see what Pokemon you've seen there. Um, right. And then maybe, uh, maybe they could have a number of, um, maybe there could be some sort of sensor that it, it could tell how many other Pokemon exist there that you haven't caught yet, at least to give you a number. Um, right. That might, you know, aid, things to aid you in collecting them all without having to go to the internet. Well, they kind of had exactly. something like that in Gen 5, where you could click on the roots of the map. They weren't, it wasn't a detailed map, but you could go through and, um, actually, I think it was just a, like a different setting on the Pokedex or something. Yeah, I think but you can do the Pokedex. If you go into summary, I, there's like a tab somewhere that shows you the map and you click on it. I think it only tells you, you what that specific Pokemon is right. or something. Yeah, so I think they have like a dedicated general. Uh, a detailed yeah. map would have been really sweet. Right. Yeah. But yes, yeah, I would have preferred a detailed map. This is actually the first game where I find myself sometimes getting lost and, and actually wishing there was a map like that. And um, even in, uh, uh, is it Lumo? Lumo? Lumios. Yeah. Like, I've just, I can't even go everywhere right now, and I'm still just like, I don't know where I am. Right. Me too. <laughs> Here's the, here's the streets all look the same, and there's always a cop standing at the end of the street watching yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that city, that's the first city where I've been like, I need a map for this. So. The worst place for that was uh, the Azure Bay. You know, you probably just passed that, Stephen. You, you surf on a creature. Yeah. Yep. And I, I mean, the game gave me nothing but hints that there was something out there that I was supposed to uh, look for, but my God, I spent ages adrift at sea. And, uh, you know, all I was doing was just getting in the face with pent-up tools. Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, Zubats of the water. That's what they yeah. are. Um, yeah, there, you know, I did just escape that area, and I remember 
I, I went north, and I guess I shouldn't have assumed that. I do I do know the general map outline, so I guess I should have known better. But I, I went north, I fought a bunch of, uh, not bad guys, but just I fought a bunch of people, I fought a lot of tentacles, and I get to this island, and it's got a little cave, I'm like, okay, sweet. And I go inside there thinking, I'll find something for my troubles, and it's just empty. And I'm like, okay, so I've got to come back uh -oh. here in God knows how long to, uh, when it's actually relevant, you know what I mean? So, uh, okay, later on, yeah. Yeah, and if I had seen the map, I would have noticed that it's just a little jaunt. It doesn't actually take anywhere else, and I would have been like, okay, I'll come back, you know, when I have everything. Because typically, those little. The problem I had was. Go ahead. When we were trying to get. Uh, to progress the story, you had to go back to Lumio City at that point. And the first person I met told me that the electricity was dying. So I just assumed I had to go and find something out in the Azure Bay. You know, something was causing trouble because, I don't know, I missed the cutscene. I, I didn't go far enough to trigger the cutscene to get me into Luminous City. I don't know. It was an annoying part of the game. But, it's done. It's done. I'm over it. <laughs> You're not losing sleep over it anymore. Um, but yeah, so I guess woulda, coulda, shoulda. Maybe with the next one. Um, you know, we are starting to run out of time here a little bit. Uh, getting close to, um, well, it's well over two hours now, so. Uh, so, I guess I wanted to mention one thing, maybe two things, but the graphics and the 3D effect and all that, that's also, besides Mega Evolution, probably the other huge change. And, again, you guys uh, don't have too much of an experience with the old school, you know, style and the pixel art and all that, but uh, how, did, how did everyone like the 3D graphics. How do you think that the how uh, the fidelity of the graphics turned out? Um, and then afterwards, I'd like to hear about uh, the the 3D effect and how it's selective. Um, I don't know who wants to jump on that first. Okay, I'll say uh, obviously you know sprites have that sort of timeless quality, um, but I think they found a nice balance, you know, a nice hybrid here between sprites and, and polygons. With the graphics, and you know, it, it it looks pretty good. It looks like it'll 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 last the the test of time a wee bit, you know. Um, I was pretty disappointed that three D wasn't throughout the whole world, especially when you get to that uh, palace. It's quite early on in the game. There's a few scenes in there that I thought, oh man, it's beautiful to see this in three D. And then randomly, there is one scene on the balcony where there's a fireworks display, and it. Did you notice this? It, it was in three D. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know because I had the slider all the way off. But I was thinking to myself during that scene, this should be 3D. It would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll yeah. jump in. I, I think it's it's a beautiful game. Like I'm really enjoying the art style and like the little details, like the grass blowing and like the shadows of the clouds and and like the some of the architecture, like the castles and the palace and it, even like the details inside the homes like you have like little refrigerators and little kitchens and little sinks and stuff i think it's it's gorgeous i really enjoy it um i do think it's unfortunate that it's not stereoscopic 3d because i think that would add a lot to it but i've just you know kind of put my slider all the way down and just like ah, oh, forget it like see and i think nintendo was i think they were hoping you'd leave it on so whenever it did kick in it'd be Available and yet, I think a lot of people are just keeping the slider off, assuming that it's not worth, you know, waiting for the next moment. It actually annoys me to go back and forth. You know, yeah, it's I, jarring, I'd, rather, yeah. I'd rather have one or the other, and I also find that it's really shallow 3D, even in the 3D spots. 
So it kind of plays with my head a little bit anyway. Cause I'm like, wait, is this 3D? I can't tell. And then I like rotate the screen and I see it get the double image. I'm like, it is 3D, but it's like barely 3D. And it's, uh, just, it defeats the point of hiding the slider. Cause it's almost like they give you two positions off and barely on instead of like the full range you're used to in most games. So I was just kind of like, yeah, this is, you know, my OCD tendencies will bother me less if I just accept the fact that it's not 3D and turn it off and just, you know, carry on. Don't, don't you, you've already sort of, uh, people alluded to it, but, don't you feel like this whole game was supposed to be in 3D? Yep. Like, there are several times, just even just walking around, like, even in uh, Lumos City, like, uh, the way the camera angles are and, and certain interiors of certain buildings, it feels like, or, or where you're, when you're walking down that path of trees before the... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that part's really cool. Yeah, but, like, you're telling me they made this in 2d on purpose like i don't i don't get it i think they probably had performance issues and just decided it's very last minute to scratch it or i think they they had this weird thing where they're like well we don't want parents to think their kids are like looking at too much Uh, 3d so we'll just or or a combination of both like this 3d isn't really working we haven't isn't isn't optimized right and you know let's just get rid of it anyway because for the kids but aren't there parental controls that can lock down 3D on the whole system, on the system level. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, but I, just being overly cautious, you yeah. know, just what if, like, some, like, the kind of the swap note thing, like, what if yeah. there was a kid who played 100 hours of Pokemon and all in 3D and then he complained of nausea or something to his parents? Like, you yeah. know, even if it was unrelated, what if he should stop doing drugs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop chewing those Flintstones. <laughs> I, I do think during the battles, when I kick the 3D on, I don't usually notice frame rate drops that much, especially anything under or um, uh, you know, ab- like above thirty. But I don't know what it drops to, but it drops a yeah. lot. I don't know if it's the who the Pokemon is specifically in battle, if that makes a big difference. But there are some of them where I'm just like, uh, you know, I mean, some of it just starts looking like stop motion at yeah. some point. That's really very disappointing. Um, so yeah, I think I think there were technical issues and but what's so puzzling to me is how I can play like Resident Evil Re- Revelations and not have and like the 3D is wonderful and I don't notice any frame rate issues and uh it's just sm- smooth and beautiful. Like how could this game not be able to run I don't get it. I just, I'm so at a loss for an Well, the developers probably had so much more experience, like, with empty frameworks, and they already had this powerful 3D engine, and maybe these guys were just like, well, we have to do our, like, like second 3D game ever, because like, they did the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, what's, okay. What's maybe. The yeah. rhythm on eShop, that was actually pretty cool. Um, Harmonite? Humble? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I got I you. Yeah. Was their, I think that was Game Freak. This is probably the second time they've ever... And, and that game has full 3D, and it looks beautiful, but... This is like, you know, they're not that experienced with it, maybe, and it just was like they're already converting this massive game into polygonal graphics, and they're like, well, this whole extra thing of stereoscopic 3D is just too much for us to handle. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the release date was pretty firm from Nintendo, that they couldn't budge at all, because, uh, I mean, it was affecting their global marketplace. It had to come out in every region, it had to come out at this time, because they have all these other things coming out until the end of the fiscal year, and they just had no room to shuffle it, so they probably said, hey, this has to happen. And uh, and they probably spent so much time uh, with development converting the you know pixel art to actually polygonal uh, Pokemon because every Pokemon 
has had that happen to them that they just probably they probably did run out of time finessing because I'm I'm not sure how the 3D works on the 3DS as far as developing, but uh, I guess I could see where you have to go region by region and uh, or, or even scene by scene in some cases to to finesse the 3D to make sure it looks right. Um, as far I, as I know, it's simply just adding a second quote unquote camera to the world and then just sending both signals. So really? I, I think it would, yeah, I think it would just be a matter of optimizing the. Um, you know what's going on in in that scene that's loaded in the memory, so that the system could handle literally doing it twice. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. Well, that but makes again. sense to me, actually. That yeah, that would probably be the easiest way to achieve the 3D is just throwing the second camera. I forgot. Uh, right. For a second, how that would affect things. Uh, yeah. I wonder. I'm now. I see. Now I'm depressing myself further because now I'm wondering if like Pokemon Z, if it if it really is like a development time thing, if the big selling point of Pokemon Z will be like, the whole game's in 3D! And then I'll be well, like, well, now I have to buy it. Oh, and wow. Z being that 3D axis, you know, that could Oh my in, god. You know what I mean? Oh my god, we just solved the Matrix. But here's the thing, if that's the case, that I will not be interested in Pokemon Z. <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've, that would piss me off, sort of, you know? I would be yeah. like, wait, now? Oh, come on! Yeah, just yeah. Waited. Should have waited for the Z. Yeah, yeah. I'd be happy to wait for the next generation on that. Yeah, I will say that we glossed we glossed over it, but the 3D models are amazing. They do so look nice. much better. So much. I mean, I feel like for the first time, I'm playing a game in which the Pokemon that I see in the cartoon and the movies like is actually in the game. Yeah, they they every model I've seen so far is a uh, honest to goodness excellently done rendition. It doesn't feel yeah. fake. It doesn't feel like it's uh you know they're trying too hard to make it look right. It looks naturally correct. Yeah. Even and there were on that other Pokemon podcast I listened to, they expressed the same sentiment which was that there were have been Pokemon where I've been like I've just thought were lame, but seeing them, you know, sort of like rendered this way, you get like a new sense of their personality or or at least what's unique about them. And it allows you to appreciate them in a new way. So, like, uh, Maw, Maw, Vile, Maw, Vile, I don't know yeah. how you say it. I always thought that was kind of a hot mess of Pokemon. <laughs> you know, it's like this, like this little unassuming Pokemon with this huge, like, little shop of horrors, you know, mouth on it coming off its head. But seeing it in 3D and the way it moves and kind of, like, looks over its shoulder, I, I don't know. It's just, it's so cool. Um, so, so that that was a big deal. That, I think that that was a huge, huge leap forward for the series. And um, yeah, I'm really glad about it because some people. I'm a big fan of sprite uh, artwork, 2D sprite artwork, and I was a little apprehensive at first, like a lot of people were. But now I'm totally, totally convinced they pulled it off. Hmm. Yeah. There's one more thing I want to get to. We we have a very you know couple minutes left or whatever, a very short time left. But uh, I don't know if if Connor and Charles can speak on this, Joe, I think you can uh, way better than I can anyway, but multiplayer and trading and, and, and all that aspect. I haven't done any multiplayer yet. Not quite sure how to inst- instigate it, I guess. Um, get, in, get started with it, but uh, tell us, you know, what, what you like or dislike about that. I haven't really done much with, with uh, multiplayer yet. The only things I've done is, uh, is I've done a couple of wonder trades, which has been awesome. 
especially because I was at the beginning of the game. I didn't initiate it, so I don't feel bad. Like I just I gave them the you know the best things I had that I would part with. Um, and I got like so I gave like Pokemon under level ten, and I got ones that were like in the low thirties. Um, so that was pretty cool. And like I said, one of them was the Vivalion from that was of a different color. So um, pretty cool things like that. I really actually really like just being able to trade just whenever because. At, you know, with this wonder trade thing, it's sort of like the Snapchat of Pokemon trading. Um, because I guess for people who don't know, it's just, it's literally like just some other random person in the world contacts you and is just like, would you like to do a trade? And you don't get to see what, what they're offering and they don't get to see what you're giving in return. It's just you both enter into it blind and the trade happens and, and you, you deal with it. Um, but so far it's been very positive and and pretty darn fun and i think it could be one of those things that like after i've beaten the game and after i've sort of gotten my fill of um online battling and stuff i think that could be the kind of thing that would really be enjoyable and rewarding to just take these like like oh i have this level 70 pokemon that i just don't really need i'm gonna surprise someone with it you know i think that'll be pretty cool um the only other thing that uh, about the online multiplayer that severely disappoints me is that uh, my favorite aspect of Gen 4 out of the entire generation was that you could do online co-op with your friends. So me and another human could uh, play online against the computer in double battles. And they had some, you know, some weird gimmick about like you were playing in like an amusement park or something and you got these, this like currency called battle points. You know, there was some other things you could do with it. But for me, the point was that I could play, I could interact with other people. I could put the work that I put into these Pokemon to good use. And it wasn't competitive because the thing about Pokemon and the thing about my personality, I'm not like an overly competitive person. And I always kind of like, if I lose all the time, of course, I don't enjoy losing all the time. But if I'm playing like a friend and my Pokemon are just better or my skills are just better and I'm winning all the time, I don't enjoy that either because then I just feel bad for them. So the beauty of this system was that, you know, we all win. Like we all win together or we all lose together. And that was only in Generation 4. And they took it out in Generation 5. And they kept it out now in Generation 6. And I can't believe it because as like connected as the 3DS is in general and as this game tries to be, I'm just so surprised. Um, that mode is actually still there in Generation 5 and 6, but it's restricted to local multiplayer only. So it's only if me and someone else are you know going on the 3DS wireless in the same room, we can play co-op. Um, just extremely disappointing. I just have no idea why in a game that like actually has that mode and would allow me so, such freedom as to like randomly trade with people across the world at a moment's notice but I can't do this one co-op mode so that's very very disappointing for me I guess there's some little tweak on it where and this is kind of ridiculous but I may end up using it anyway is I guess you can like import your friends Pokemon and play this mode with the computer controlling their Pokemon which is kind of ridiculous, but <laughs> I guess maybe I'll try it out at some point and see see just how ridiculous it is and see if I actually feel like using it. But 
Yeah, so I think in every other sense, the online has been improved, and in this one glaring area, I'm still disappointed. All right, well, what about uh, our resident newbies? Have you guys had any uh, experience with multiplayer? See where you are now, Stephen, at the power plant, uh, the gym just after that. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really needed a ground-type Pokemon to, to, uh, to continue, and I thought I would go on and try and trade with someone. Um, no voice, you know, without the chat on, and it was like the most awkward thing in the world. So I needed a, a specific type, and she just kept flashing up all her. She had loads, and she kept flashing them up. And I'm, you know, you can't speak to her and say no. I, I sort of prefer something, you know, grind type. And eventually, I just sort of cancelled it and ran away and turned off my 3ds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> but I've had you a know, few battles and I've lost my team, so I'm not that fussed with it. It's really well implemented, so we'll give it that. Really, really well. As far as the trading, um, that mode of trading, I know in Gen 5 you could do that, and they didn't give you much, but they gave you, you could send a smiley face or a frowny face. Ah. Uh, so in other words, when someone flashed up a Pokemon, you could either you know smile yeah. to say, I would like that, or frown to say that. I don't know if I, I don't know if that's back. In this version, can you confirm that there's like no, there's no way to interact, like to tell people how you're feeling in those trades? It didn't look like it to me. You know, I could, I would have really used that. You know, that would have been helpful. Yeah, yeah. That's another omission for sure. And Charles, anything to add? I, I haven't really um, dabbled too much in it. I'm not a huge like multiplayer guy. Um, and yeah, I'm not like competitive. So, and plus, since I'm such a newbie, I'm like, I would just get killed if I tried to like battle people. But I have like sort of messed around with like, um, just turning on the TSS system and like sending O powers to people and stuff like that, even though I don't really understand like, like what they do or like, you know, like how they're delivered to them. But I think it's just like it's funny to click. It's just like, yeah, I'll send this person an O power. And then sometimes I update my status, like, you know, it's like, Say what you like. How, what makes you feel happy, or something, and like little things like that. But as far as like the like the meat and potatoes, like online trading or battling, I haven't really messed around with yet. Mm. You, Stephen, have you done anything online, really? Uh, zero, zilch, zero, nothing. Yeah. I'm not sure how to instigate it all. Can Can someone explain that to me, just really briefly? It's mostly all just through the um that I screen, don't know. that bottom screen. Yeah, Mm. Um, I mean, I haven't been on that screen since the first couple hours of gameplay, so maybe I I need to just explore. Not just there, but like there's that little like file folder icon above it or whatever, and that's you can access a lot of um, different modes from that, Mm. as opposed to just clicking on friends or acquaintances or whatever. But But yeah, I don't know much beyond that. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately. I guess the podcast here is petering out a little bit with uh, with that because I I mean I don't have much to add either I I haven't dabbled in it and uh, nor do I really plan to that much the one trading thing sounds really interesting to me though and mm-hmm. since I'm not looking to get a complete dex or hold on to a living dex or something you know I, I might be able to be a little more crazy with just giving away things and here's here's one uh, I think rumor and I'm always uh, scared about spreading rumors, but uh, I have heard uh, through that other 
that Pokemon podcast that the with the wonder trades. Uh, I guess people are just starting to figure out how to hack Pokemon for the 3DS, which, you know, like the hacking community had just not really tried all that hard because there was no Pokemon game yet. So, so I guess now they're trying, and I guess some people are succeeding in, in being able to hack some 3DS uh, information. And so some people are, like, creating Pokemons, which is not new in the franchise. People have always hacked Pokemons, but... I guess in the past they kind of really knew what they were doing, and they made like some fairly solid, uh, you know, replica Pokemons, and then those were unleashed onto the world, and wasn't really that big of a deal because they were almost, almost legitimate. I guess now these hacked Pokemon will like corrupt your game, so if you get one via Wonder Trade, it's pretty serious. So that's like I'm gonna as much as I think Wonder Trade is awesome, I'm gonna like I'm gonna just hang out for a couple weeks and see how that story develops and not risk it. Yeah, because yes. uh, that would you know as much as I love my level thirty uh, Centrat, mm, wouldn't be worth having my whole game corrupted. So. I mean, it's to the point where, like, you could just restart your adventure, but, um, but I think, but it, it basically, it basically takes the save that you're at right now and makes it, like, unplayable. So. Well, that's why we shouldn't be stuck with, uh, one save file in Pokemon anymore. Yeah. I mean, just the ability to copy it, uh, just once. Um, I mean, in some, in most cases, I guess you'd be letting your little brother or little sister or just someone else who's near you be able to play their own version uh, on the same cart. Uh, right. But it also helps for backing up things. Yep. So yep. that's, that's kind of frustrating. So anyway, so I hope, you know, maybe this, there's nothing to this rumor at all, and I don't want to spread rumors when I'm not really sure, but I, it could be worth being aware of since it's such a serious potential risk. I just want to ask um, our guests, do you guys plan on having any post-X and Y Pokemon gaming? Uh, Connor, do you plan on continuing with the series or uh, continuing to look into it? Or do you think this might be... I mean, I guess that's kind of an awkward question because you don't know how you're going to feel at the end of the, the game itself if you haven't beaten it. But uh, can you see yourself getting more involved in the series now that you've kind of broken the ice? Well, I have a question, and that is, you know, uh, there's maybe there's one or two of the previous games that the fans sort of lose their heads about. And my question would be, what what would I gain from going back to like you know red or blue or anything like that? I mean, is there is it worth my while? I think so. I think if you get the right version, then yeah. I, like I don't think anyone would tell you to go back to Ruby or Sapphire, um, which I, I liked at the time, but it's not. Those aren't games that I would run run back to. But to tell you to go play Heart Gold, um, and I say that over Gold because the Heart Gold remake was much be- uh, more improved. Well, I. I have to say, overall, I'm getting a little fatigued with it right now, but uh, I know I'm getting near the end. I'm hoping some plot contrivances are going to come in here and uh, mix it up a bit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play through it. We'll see how it feels. Maybe in a couple of years. Yeah. I'll jump on with the next one. But I admit, uh, you know, having started now, you may not get the same kind of gratification that, that others would by going back, because uh, even if someone had played Red and Blue, skipped Heart, uh, or skipped Gold and Silver, and then now was thinking of going back, they'd get something out of it differently than you would. Because uh, one thing that I get from it is when I play Red and Blue, 
now, which I mean I haven't done recently, but if I was to do that, I'd have the 150 Pokemon just focused. And there's something really nice about having a limited set like that. Not in the sense of um, limited that, oh, well, I can't get them unless I do this. But the fact that the game had 100 ball, 151 Pokemon in it was, again, it, it kind of felt like a pure version of the game. And it, it didn't get muddied up. There's less types. It sounds like it would just be taking away good things, and in a sense, I guess it would be, but there's something nice about wrapping your head around, you know, the basic 15 types or 10 types or whatever it was, and those Pokemon. It actually might be a, a cool challenge to try to go back and collect uh, a full Dex from that generation, because it's a little more feasible. And, uh, but I don't know if you if you would really get that enjoyment out of it, because you don't have any sort of nostalgic bone in your body for this. Yeah, exactly. Charles? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm enjoying the game, and um, I plan on completing the main story, and depending on, like, you know, how fatigued I am by the end of that, I could go on to, like, try to c- catch them all, complete the Pokédex. But, nice. um, yeah, I don't, but I don't, I don't really see myself buying, like, the, the inevitable Z version, because after, like, it's just, it would, I think it would be too much of the same. So I might wait until, you know, like the next, whatever the successor is to the 3DS, or if there was like a console version or something, maybe jump on to the next big version. And I, I don't see myself going back either because I feel like that from what I've heard about this being kind of faster and, and more streamlined, like, I don't think I would want to go back to something that, that plays a little bit slower and, and clunkier. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, the thing that I do love about those old games is like, um, like the pixel art and the music are like totally beautiful, but I can kind of like just look at YouTube videos of that. And I've always, I've, I've kind of been doing that ever, from the very beginning. I've always been really interested to see those games and like just to see what's like the art style and like what's going on in them. And I, I think that that, that's really cool, but I was just kind of like, eh, I'm not, no interested in playing like a, a turn-based RPG that, that, um, takes that long to like level up and to progress through, you know? Well, then there's rumors of uh, the next Pokemon game being a remake of Ruby and Sapphire because they've remade the originals with Fire Red and Leaf Green. They've remade the second generation with Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and uh, so to take Ruby and Sapphire but then give it this coat of paint and give it these enhancements, that might be a cool way to experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, older games. But I can't imagine they would apply that to the games that have already been remade before. Yeah, so, which is unfortunate because again, like in my opinion, those first two generations were pretty much the the purest and uh, most wonderful. Even though I, I am enjoying a lot of the improvements and a lot of the things they're doing now, I'm definitely not hating on that. But uh, mm-hmm. hmm, I guess we'll see. We yeah. should, it, it, you know, when the next Pokemon game does come out, if you guys get involved, we would love to have you back to uh, cool. to see what yeah. you guys think cool. about that. But not it's... until then. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Okay. I love having it, on, having it on the the eShop like the eShop version because it's always on my 3DS because mm-hmm. it's like it's not the only game I'm playing but it's so fun to like pick up for like half an hour and you know and I could and just play in little sessions and I can see myself it's probably gonna take me like six months to finish this game but that's usually the way I play JRPGs anyway like it took me like probably a year to finish like Dragon Quest Nine but I I enjoy playing those like in those little spurts because it, it also doesn't feel too grindy. Mm-hmm. So it's like just so perfect to have it on the system at all times. So like I can just kind of I'm like really satisfied right now to think like yeah for like the next like you know six months or however long I'm going to have this 
that's my go-to thing whenever I just need like a little fix. So it's 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 great in that way. Cool. Great. Well, I guess we should wrap this up. Um, let's wrap it up. Before I go into the, my conclusion spiel, I want to hear what everyone's favorite Pokemon is as of right now, which I know that for uh, for our guests is a bit limited compared to uh, Joe and I, but um, let's start with Connor then first. Do you have a favorite Pokemon that you've come across so far? My favorite Pokemon right now, uh, not on my team, but it's like a flying squirrel electric type. Like, nice. Absolutely. Love it. Emolga. Okay. She just floats there. Cute as a button. Sort of an electric moves. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> cool. Okay, and Charles? Uh, Litleo. He's my, he's my dude. I wish I had him in real life. He'd be badass walking around behind me. <laughs> Setting people on fire if they annoy me, if they get yeah. in the way. <laughs> no one would mess with you, that's for sure. Nope. <laughs> and Joe? Uh, I'll I'll limit this to Gen Six, and I'll say. Well, don't, because I'm not gonna. <laughs> oh no. no, no, that it'll take me too long to decide. So, so I'm just gonna go with right now. My favorite one from playing this game is uh, Pancham, little panda guy. He's so awesome. I'm so glad they made a panda, and he looks he looks so cute and also badass at the same time. Well, and what about for you? Uh, well, I honestly have not experienced enough of the this gen to to have a strong opinion on that unfortunately because um, I've collected some Pokemon outside of my own team but they just kind of get thrown into the, the box and forgotten about so uh, my favorite Pokemon though hands down is Dragonite Dragonite yeah do you guys uh, Connor and, and Charles do you guys know what Dragonite uh, nope. is about he's um he's awesome just dragon. yeah he's just a big dragon he's a big adorable dragon and he starts off from being almost like an eel, uh, but he grows into to an adorable dragon. And um, uh, but yeah, absolutely, he's he's always been my my hands down favorite Pokemon ever. He's got a pretty good combination of strong and adorable. Yeah. In how he looks. Yeah, I just I just looked him up right now. He's pretty cool looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you you know what, if I get my hands on a a Dratini or a Dragonite or something, uh, I'll try to breed him. And uh, if you guys want him, I can try to hook you up. Because he is badass. Yeah, if anyone listening wants uh, any Pokemon, I am glad to uh, to breed for them. So please, <laughs> please hit me up. Please give my living decks a purpose for existence. All right, sounds good. I kind of felt bad asking um asking Pokey Freak for two Pokemon because I asked for a Ditto and I asked for uh, uh you know Chespin, but um. You, I don't feel so bad about asking all these things for. So I'll create a whole list. Please do. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, that wraps up another episode of the Negative World Podcast. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, Charles or Connor, I don't know if you guys have anything you want to plug, Twitter handles or anything like that. Anything no, I'm well? good. No, no plugs. Okay. Well, <laughs> I didn't think so, but I thought I'd ask. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, Joe, you've got uh, Nintemple. That's it. Nintemple.com. And, uh, I mean, I'm just affiliated with Negative World. Um, and we'd really like you to come over to negativeworld.org and comment. And you just got to find the thread associated with this episode. And if you don't want to come over and subscribe, you can reach us through the Facebook page. You just got to search for negativeworld.org. And you can always follow us on Twitter. Negative underscore world is our uh, Twitter handle. 
And uh, as always, I'd like to encourage people to listen to the Enhanced Podcast with chapter markers and art and all that jazz. And uh, I guess I just want to thank uh, our guests, Connor, Charles, Joe, my wonderful co-host as always. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, Bye. thanks Thanks for dedicating so much of your time today. This was a, an epic podcast. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's a little grindy at times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of an asshole comment, but I kind of agree with you. So you're right. <laughs> no, this is awesome. Maybe, the, maybe the next po- uh, podcast, you know, there'll be less grinding. We, more we more never, mega versions. We never. I learned a lot just by listening to you guys, so I'm happy about that. Well, good. Yeah, my my aim was to to have some new Pokemon players voice their opinions and also uh, you know be like a beneficial podcast uh, for those in in your shoes. So, so mm-hmm. I'm good. You know, and I mean I know there's a couple threads on on the forums, but never hesitate to ask questions or uh, keep the conversation going because uh, I've I've enjoyed talking with you guys. I'm glad you're having so much fun. All right, well, then you guys enjoy your weekend. And uh, until next time, everybody. Yeah. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. one more thing that I wanted to plug today and uh, that's a Kickstarter on behalf of my buddy Matthew known as Triforce Bun on the forums he has a Kickstarter out and uh, it's for a game called Tadpole Treble that he's working on and uh, he'd love your support it's a music rhythm game and he's hoping to bring it to Wii U right now as of uh, recording he's earned a little over $13,000 and his goal is uh, $30,000 I'm sorry and uh, if he makes it to 50000 Wii U is in the bag, so every dollar counts. Uh, you'll find a link in the show notes, or if you search Tadpole Treble and Kickstarter on Google, it'll be the first link. So uh, go check it out, see if it warrants your respect, and uh, hopefully it does, and hopefully you'll, uh, you'll donate to his cause. So other than that, though, uh, I guess we can wrap it up.